0: guys, it's Tony Robbins. You're listening to Habits and Hustle. Crush it. Today on Habits and Hustle, we have the one and only Tony Horton, who is probably one of the most popular fitness uh, icons of all time. He created the most popular fitness program, P90X, also P90X2, P90X3. I mean, I grew up doing this program, and it was just a monster. Still, I think, one of the most effective programs out there. Um, He now has a new program called The Power of Four uh, that he talks all about in this podcast, and uh, you'll learn about it. It's about fitness. It's about food. It's about mindfulness. Tony also, though, is a really funny guy. And we all talk about how he transitioned from being a a, a comic slash actor to becoming a a trainer in the first place. He trained every single huge rock star on the planet, from Tom Petty to Bruce Springsteen. He has some great stories. Uh, He's very engaging. The podcast... I got to tell you, we talked for six hours, okay? But don't worry. I did edit it down, so you won't have to sit there and listen to the whole thing. Uh, But like I said, I really enjoyed talking to Tony, obviously, (laughs) and um, I hope you really enjoy listening to this podcast, and hopefully you learn a a thing or two. I do your tonal workouts, by the way. When I – when Yes, I do your tonal workouts, you and you you're very welcome. When I saw that you were uh, like a trainer for them or a coach for them, I was beyond excited. I was probably like I was like pressing it so fast and so like you know so like excitedly, and like it kind of like stalled the machine because well I'm. I was like, I'm a huge fan of your, you know, P90 workouts. But anyway, the point is, I was like looking at you. I'm like, are, is it like really good lighting? I just don't get it. Like, are you seriously 63 years old?
1: Yeah. By the way, uh, the check's in the mail, and
0: <laughs> I hope so. Uh, I hope so. After that endorsement, right,
1: here's it's interesting. You're getting me as raw as you can get me, meaning. <laughs> Before. Has the podcast started officially? I'm not sure. I
0: mean, it wasn't. It, listen, I go right. I don't like waste any time. You know, I just I, I saw you.
1: I don't know if I go, our casual conversation prior or or we're actually in either way. I don't care. Um, I
0: mean, it doesn't I can I, I was just talking because I saw you and I got excited. So no. it, it was going to be a prior conversation. But if you're giving me like a good nugget of like information that you I want got, to share got, with an audience. pre podcast
1: nuggets. I got. During nuggets, <laughs> post nuggets, so wherever you want to do. Okay. Your question is, normally I dye my beard to match my hair color because there's there's a contrast. So this is my hair. This is like there's nothing done here. There's no dye here. You can see there's some gray kicking in here. Very late. My parents had dark hair into their 70s and 80s, so I just got that genetics. But normally I'll, I'll wow. just I'll dabble in here, but I haven't. This is, this is rawness right here, man.
0: So. so that hair color is not not is not touched. Dye? not
1: touched. Of course, friends of mine will love to make like pretend it is on camera, which completely pisses me off. But whatever. I know who I am. And it's not. And that's me, man. That's all me right there. 100%. Wow. Well, you know, a lot of it has to do that. I walk the walk. Wow. Good. You know, I avoid the sun like the plague. It's like a giant fiery death ball in the sky that ruins my skin. And I used to be as brown as the, I used to be this dark all the time. I was really tan. I was in the beds. I was at the beach playing volleyball. I was brown. And then and then all the problems started kicking in around my late 40s skin issues and burning off pre cancers. I was like, "Uh oh, I got to cut this out. So I literally like 100 SPF wear a hat. I mean, I don't I don't I avoid the sun. And I work like a vampire. Yeah, I'm kind of vampire like I never leave the house except for- <laughs> to the grow to the car. But yeah, I mean, you know, I work out five, six days a week, and I, I'm i I'm a vegan now, which is really helping me a lot. I've been reading the book, James Nestor's book, Breath, and, and following a lot of that new strategies in there that, I, that I'm that i noticing a dramatic change in my overall health and quality of sleep and energy and lack of inflammation and, you know, whatever. I, I just, uh, I like, I mean, as a 63-year-old, I want to be able to charge into my 90s. And um, the first 40 years of my life was just you know effing off and partying and smoking weed and drinking beer and eating pizza and you know chasing girls and trying to pay the bills it was not an interesting start so so this second half has got to be you know and and people rely on me to be slightly ahead of most people my age and so yeah that's where I'm at but it's-
0: but is this like, but cause you, you haven't like aged a day since P90X at, at all. So is this genetic, how much of it is it genetics? I mean, come on. Cause I mean, I want to get into all of the wellness, like all the wellness stuff that you do, like the, the you know, all your habits, your routines, your recovery, your nutrition, like i want because if you, if you are a poster child for aging well, I, I mean, if, if I've, if I've ever seen it, like you're also like ripped. Like, I, 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 I see you. It, yeah.
1: No, not bad. Not bad.
0: Case, okay, so could we go right into that part and then we can go into all the other like path of fitness? Cause this is like, because I will tell you something a, f- a funny little, you know, not so funny to me, but funny to you. Um, what I was like looking at a video of yours last night. And I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. And my eight-year-old comes up to me. He's like, who are you watching, mommy? What is this? What is it? And I was like, oh, this guy, blah, blah, blah you know, Tony Horton, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Dylan, can you believe, I'm like, can you believe this guy's 62? I thought you were 62. And he's like, what do you, he's like 62. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, you, you look way older than he is. And I was like, oh my God. And kids don't lie. You know that, right? You know, you know that they don't lie.
1: You put that kid in a cage,
0: <laughs> right? Like he went to bed very early without any dessert. So, uh, but I'm saying like, we just, it's, it's true. Cause like, what do you, I, I, I we'll get into the fitness part, but I know that you, like, are you? Have you done any like surgery? Like, is it just naturally? Like, just taking care of yourself.
1: Facials. I've had facials, and um, um, I have my own skincare line called TH Care, which I use religiously. With you know, pH balance, made in California, and no uh, uh, parabens. You know, uh, whatever. I mean, I I I never used to moisturize. I never used to. You know, I, I use a. Uh, like those little granular face scrubs take the dead skin off uh yeah other than that you know i mean like i've, I've gone i've had uh one or two like uh, 10 12 15 years ago where you go in and you have um eight, eight, i forget the name of the little laser procedure you know the kind yeah. Of laser. yeah yeah
0: yeah but like B- lasers.
1: yeah 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 I mean, um but i think it, for me it's really been more about my diet and my, and my lack of stress and, and hydration and plant-based diet. I think that has had a greater influence than anything really. And genetics, genetics. Yeah. I mean, the hair, I got very lucky there, but a lot of my cousins, I mean, I'm not going to name names. They don't look anything like me. I mean, none of them do, you know what I mean? They just look a little worn out and tattered and beat up in their sixties. I mean, most of them are grandparents, you know what I mean? Um, uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. I just, I don't <laughs> have kids. My wife and I have only been married for six years, so so I was I wasn't married for very long most of my life.
0: So, Just six years. Oh wow, so yeah. maybe that's what it is. Kids age you tremendously. That's
1: right so. so I skipped that part I skip that
0: part. <laughs> that's, So that's the secret. Just don't have kids and we're going to look like Tony Horton. I'm, a selfish,
1: I'm selfish as can be. Uh, you know, I want to. I want to do what I want to do at the drop of a hat. My wife and I want to go off to Jackson Hole or go off to Europe or or just have some fun or take some two weeks off. I mean, we're very lucky at this stage of my life, our life, that we can kind of come and go as we please, create products that we want. You know, um, I, I, I've been on several um, military tours with with Armed Forces Entertainment out of the Pentagon and and gone to Europe and go to Japan twice and gone to South Korea and. And, uh, you know, just to get to do really cool things and, you know, it's about the pursuit of happiness, man. And, and I'm all about that. I was a miserable guy who cut a lot of corners and procrastinated and effed off. And, and I was always just sort of in a state of, of, of malaise and, and depression, not, not deep depression, but just, you know, general sadness. And, um, and then I just started, you know, most of these books are all personal development books back here, right, so. I What's read, your
0: favorite book right now? What are you reading right now? What's I'm your reading, favorite I'm book? I'm reading uh,
1: Breath by James Nestor, which is, um, um, I've, been right, reading, you said I've been reading that. that for two months. But I just got, uh, I got a Malcolm Gladwell's book, um, Meeting Strangers, which is uh, not right. any, not anything I thought of. Somebody gave me that, and I, I'm into that one. I thought it was about, oh, you meet meet strangers and you have a great life. No. It's, it's really, the book is really about about how a circumstance can go so south so fast because two entities have just completely different views of the world and life, and, and then they come into each other, whether it's two countries or two people or, or or whatever it is, and then they usually don't have enough wherewithal, you know, during these interactions to be sympathetic and and, and civil, you know what I mean? And yeah, I know what you mean. You are, if you are sympathetic and civil and and... And uh, and you're a halfway decent listener, uh, and you can see. I mean, that's what's happening in our society right now. It's like this. Yeah. Every, I mean, we just keep doing this, right, further and further apart. And at some point, we're going to have to, you know, turn that around. Or I don't know what's going to happen. Us. That's going to. We're going to like Rome if We don't turn things around here soon enough, but. No, it's a crazy time.
0: No, no, no. It's a crazy time, and this is a conversation that I have with my friends and my family and everybody all the time. I mean, what's going on is such a divide right now in the in the country and in this in the world. It's and this pandemic doesn't seem to ever end. Like we, I thought we were kind of like turning a corner there, and here we are. We're back on doing it like this because of the Delta variant and. You know, I'm very disappointed that you're not at my house right now, in my studio, doing this podcast. But you know, this is just—I mean, it goes on and on, right?
1: Yeah, it is really too bad. I mean, I don't want to point fingers. People have the reasons for doing what they're doing. But it just, to me, you know, I got—I got to tread lightly here. Of course, is—is that no, you don't. (laughs) That's what podcasts are for. Down and dirty. Yes, so that, You know, so that Tony can say things. So he loses half of his fan base. That's
0: right. Don't forget. Right. The cancel yeah. call. You yeah. know, you may if you if you say you like a mango more than an orange, you're going to lose half of your fan base right yeah, there. Yeah. People mango. are going to jump down your throat. Mango growers
1: across America. You know, Tony Horton, you know, what like- do you mean? You don't
0: like almonds? How come you're picking a mango over an almond? How dare you? You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm never yeah. buying any product I- that you've ever been in ever again.
1: Like people getting fired from their jobs from telling jokes at parties 20 years ago. Mind blowing to me. I tell you, mind blowing. My friend Chris Titus, who is uh, not afraid, uh, he's, a t- he's, a, he's a comedian. I said, dude, you're the last bastion yep. of hope. You and other comedians are the only ones that are allowed to say anything anymore without offending the entire world or getting canceled out or, or being you, uh, overwoke or whatever else going on.
0: You know what? Honestly, you're totally right. You know, I think Bill Burr is the only one, in my opinion, that gets away with it a little bit still because he's just so amazing mm. but i mean he hasn't and if he ever gets canceled i'm just throwing in the towel and i'm just moving somewhere completely i don't know where but but it is
1: but i want to say people do need to sort of you know there are certain words you don't you just don't use anymore right you don't use the n word anymore i mean of, of course you don't i mean unless you're a complete scumbag unless you're a complete racist you know what well I'm of
0: course of course right? Right?
1: But yeah, you There's just got to be, you know, it's like as, as I did comedy for three years, attempted to.
0: I know you were a stand-up comic,
1: right? <laughs> well, it'd be funny, But I mean, you know, you learn a strong lesson there is you got to know your audience, right? You don't do the dick jokes at the convalescent home. You just don't, right? And you don't <laughs> exactly. talk about your five-year-old on the college circuit. There's this stuff that, you know, you got to learn your audience. And so something. Right, read the room. read the right? ring. And, you know, that's what evolution is happening now. It's not like you have to wait eons for that to happen. You need to evolve throughout your lifetime. You need to grow and you need to learn and you need to transform if you want to be able to live in the modern world. I think the pendulum has swung too far on the whole wokeness cancel culture thing. And I don't know how far it's going to come back. I think it needs to. But at the same time, you know, don't be mean to people. Don't be an asshole. You know, don't be a hater. Right. Right. I mean, you know, those are those are things that I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. Those are all good. That's all good behavior. You know what I mean? How about you? you know, instead of just, you know, do you want to, do you want to, what's the expression when it comes to relationships? Um, Do you want to win or do you want to be happy? You know what I mean? And sometimes we're just always trying to make our point to the, to the extent where we're going to end up with our cortisol levels through the roof and our adrenal glands are fried. We're going to age before our time. I mean, I think to myself, all these haters in the world, I wonder how often they meditate.
0: Right, right, right. Exactly. Right. Like these, just these, post not- signs and run your your
1: side sucks and now i'm gonna go home and meditate I, i'm guessing they don't and so you know they're gonna, they're gonna burn out and die before others who know how to
0: is it meditate or is it just like having the, you know, being, you know, having your opinion and I have my opinion and have, some, have having some levity in life, you know, like nothing could be joked about anymore. Nothing. Everything has to your point. The pendulum has swung so far that you have to be so conscientious and cautious if you move right, if you do left, if you zig, if you zag, where it's becoming it's there's no freedom of speech. There's no nothing anymore. It's It's really a problem, in my opinion. And I talk about this all the time. Um, and like for you, like you, you are, okay. And we can even talk about this. So you were a stand-up comic, right? And so I'm curious, uh-huh. well, you know, your mom thought you were funny. And by the way, you were, I thought you were funny and all the things I've seen you in. Like, I think part of your, and this is my opinion and we could talk about your opinion, but cause that's why you're on the podcast. But I think part of your success, um, is because you had such, you know, you had such a charm and, and a sense of humor and you, you brought it every time like that, which kind of made you unique and stand out versus somebody who's coming in and not able to, you know, resonate and like be funny and kind of like bring some kind of, like I said, levity to like this the torture of of of, of working out to some people.
1: Well, no one had done it prior, and I don't think too many people have done it very well since, which is <laughs> Exactly.
0: <laughs> gotta, exactly.
1: Corn I, I gotta help that hand. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, because exercise is really hard, and there's a lot of people out there that are really g- good at what they do. Whatever you know, they're kinesiology majors and exercise science folks and and trainers that can really help with rehab. But oh my god, it's such a quite often. You know, it's such a snooze fest. Uh, yep. Uh, and, and you know, we're, uh, we're in the infotainment world. We're in the physiotainment world. Uh, it's a term I just made up. Um, but really, <laughs> yeah, like you know, market. how do you get people to work really hard and deal with phys- physical, mental and emotional uh, pain and keep coming back for more, right? I mean, P90X, we probably should have sold about 500 of those things and not, not more than that. We ended up selling several million of them. So, so, and it was because of several things, right? The set was cool. The cast were, were relatable. Um, the, obviously, the workouts were very effective. The whole muscle confusion made up concept you know, which is basically periodization training, which is a version of what Jack Lane was doing a hundred years ago. You know, right. it's just sort of I modernized it and I and I added some personality to the thing. And um and no one had really been able to do that before. Uh yeah, because because I was a stand-up comic and I was in a second city LA and because I was taking improv classes and and scene study classes and and doing pantomime at the pier when I was out of money, you know what I mean? Whatever, because I was a street performer. So there was all that that I had prior. And then I, you know, then I got into the fitness world because it just made me feel better. It was, it, it ended up being a much more productive life style for me than just clubbing and, and, and drinking and and uh, sleeping until 11 o'clock, you know what I mean? And that just took some discipline because you can only live uh, at the poverty line for so long before you want to, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and try something new. And transition's a bear. It is for anybody. I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, it's not, you know, like, oh, I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to stop drinking. and I'm going to lose 100 pounds. Uh, and I'm going to start to meditate. And you've never done that in your life. Uh, you know, your, your success rate is zero on that. So just doing it, you know, being the tortoise, not the hare. That's that's the way I did it. I said, okay, this is not working for me anymore. I Drinking, I didn't have a drinking problem. I just drank because everybody else did. But every time I did, I acted like an asshole. And I woke up feeling like crap. You know, I thought to myself, why am I doing this then? It just seems I have a personality. I don't have to manufacture one through alcohol for a short period of time to entertain people. How about I just be me, and and I can drink club soda with a lime in it, and no one will know otherwise, right? So that that was right. a, that for me. It was like boom. I got I you know I'm gonna try this for two weeks. I'm gonna try this for two months. I'm gonna try this for two years. Whatever. Thirty something years later, I haven't had a drop of hot alcohol since. Can you imagine me? With alcohol in me, I cannot actually. Run
2: for your lives! All right, it's
1: there's <laughs> going to be some nudity and profanity. They're going to happen simultaneously, and that's going to be a problem. All right, so I know. I, you know that's uh, that was an easy shift. And the diet thing was always, you know, I'm going to be paleo, I'm going to be keto, I'm going to be vegetarian. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be a flexitarian, a pescatarian, uh. and now I'm just vegan, and I freaking love it, and it works for me, and I don't miss chicken or beef or fish at all it wasn't even wasn't even I, I screwed it up twice before I was eating too many cookies and crackers and chips and things that were vegan but they right, right. empty shitty calories so so then I just went oh okay I'm gonna eat you know have a big old shake um some point in the day and then I'll maybe have a smaller one later and I'll just eat two huge meals and plants and and uh and, and if I'm off the hooch and I'm meditating and I'm sleeping eight hours well all, all this stuff is gonna begin to sort of you know, I'm just following the rules, and these are ge- these are general rules that would work for 95 percent of the people who tried them. And just a lot of people, you know, they try to they try to do all these things too quickly, back to back to back. You know what I mean? And it's just, right. it's too daunting, and 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 you, and usually they're not getting enough positive uh, response from the people around them. Come on, man, have a beer. Come on, man, we can't have a piece of pizza. Come on, you know what I mean? That peer pressure, family pressure. Oh, what are you a health nut? You know what I mean? Like, you know, and some people, you know, some people don't know how to go, shut up. You're fat and ugly and you can't get up a set of stairs and you're giving me advice. Right. You <laughs> should probably stop because you're embarrassing yourself. All right. Most people just go, oh, you're right. i have a beer. You know what I mean? Like grow right. grow a pair and grow up because life is this long. It's like w- birth, school, work, death. And it goes Like that, so you better figure some stuff out so that you can, you know, live the life that you deserve.
0: Yeah, well, that's a great way of saying it. I think I think I heard you say one time something like, "There's only two things you can control in life, right? What you put in your mouth, what you eat, and how much physical work and activity you do." Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right? As you go ahead. Oh, there's a
1: a question in there. No, there is. actually,
0: I I have no, but there is.
1: There is a question in there. Absolutely. I mean, can you control the traffic or your family or, or weather or your boss or no, man, but you can control how you feel and, and how you function. And that usually that usually has to do with your physical activity and what you put in your mouth. You know, Jack Lane said years ago, you are what you eat and you truly are. Right. So if you're eating like, you you're going you're to put a, you know, you're going to put uh, go on to Mexico and put some 32 octane gas in your Ferrari. No, man, this is your Ferrari right here. This is your racehorse. Okay, this is it. You're going to, like, uh, get, oh, I got a racehorse. I'm going to give it some triple cheese chimichangas. No, you're not. You're going to put the, you're going to give that horse, because that that thing could be a winner, and it could be, you know, this this avenue of success for you, so you get the best trainer, and you get the best nutrition, and you, you know, treat that. Do that, and we don't do that to ourselves. Like, we treat our cars and animals better than we do ourselves. It's insane, because, you know, we, we have... We have addictions, and we have vices, and we have bad influences, and we have crappy upbringings, and 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 friends that don't look out for us. You know what I mean? Every, every, people are trying to, and we have we don't have the right people around us. Like you know, one of the things I talk about a lot is you know who's in your tribe. I talk about it in my book, The Big Picture. You know, you got it. You got it at some point in your life. I'm I've gotten pretty good at at, at making people go away. <clears throat> You know what I mean? Hey man, it looks like you got a different plan right now. You're kind of, you know, you're drinking and driving. Sorry. You got to get that cleaned up and you're not showing up. You say you're showing up to work. You say you're going to come to the workouts, but you don't come. So there's like, there's pretty clear drinking, driving, not coming to workouts. Go get your shit together. And when it's together, you give me a call and you're back in the Tony Horton world. All right. So lack of consistency, lack of purpose, Lousy attitude, no uh, terrible mindset, no mindfulness practice, eating like, you know, you're going to you're trying to kill yourself, lack of activity. Why would I want you in my life? Because you are like, why don't I just put an anchor around my neck and throw myself into the into the Pacific with you or online? No. So, you know, it's it's uh, and then you got to go searching for the badasses. You got to go find them. They're out there. They're everywhere. Right. And uh, and you'll know in the first two or three or four meetings whether they're worth keeping around or not. You know, and if they and if they're pretty good for the first year, and they and you, hey, you know what? It seems like I, you know whatever. Those conversations are hard for people. And by the way, they're your kids, they're your spouse, they're, they're your neighbors, they're your coworkers, they're everywhere. All right. I mean, I can't tell you the people. There was a great story of a gal who did who did Power Ninety, which came out before p Her name was Kathy. She was five foot nothing, weighed two hundred ten pounds, or maybe more than that. And uh, she had tried everything, all the pills, the potions, the quick fixes, and all these things, and saw, saw, saw Power 90 in an infomercial. And her husband was, you know, he was a miserable son of a bitch when you, when you figure out, when you learn the whole story. Why are you doing this thing? You don't even do the diet pills. and you are going to do this 90 days of working out and eating right? And what am I supposed to eat? Wah, 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 And she did it anyway. She fed him the crap food, and she did it. And she the first time she did Power 90, couldn't do anything could do a push up forget about there's no pull ups in that one but i mean really struggled but by the third month she's losing weight doing pretty good so she did power 90 three times 3 months 6 months 9 months then yeah. P90, p90x came out impossible pull ups now and she couldn't do pull ups the day i met her which which was about a month after she did her third round of p90x i'm looking at what i think is a is a you know cuz we hire Actual people we did in those days, actual people who did the program and fitness models to fill a room, right? Right, I thought she was one of the fitness models. I mean, she was, she looked like a gymnast. She looked like, and then she went up there and cracked out 15 pull ups. And I went, Oh, what's your story? And then she told me and she showed me her before picture. I mean, what? You know, even with all that bad energy in the house, with that, with her husband just being a, did it, did it anyway, man. I mean, that was 10 years ago. I would love to know where she is today, but. It, it can happen. I mean, there's a guy in this, I'm doing this new program called the power of four. And you know, the four is based on food, fitness, supplementation, and mindfulness. The four things that are for me, sort of the foundation, right. Of, of the whole spread. There's all, you know, there's layers on that mindset and other things, but, but that's sort of the main four. And this one guy, his name is Eric and he's a scientist and he's kind of a, kind of an, you know, introvert. And, uh, this has been a, full pandemic process right so pretty early in i went all right what am i going to do i'm working for tonal which you know and i got my own supplement line which is great but you know uh, people are screaming for something else online so i came up with this and what 18 months later this is a completely different human being not only physically he showed up at the house here on sunday and he was beating the crew at like four or five exercises and he'd never done anything like climbing ropes upside down and going up the, down the pegboard and going through mm. the ninja course and and we had one maximum push ups in fifty in one minute. He smoked us all. <laughs> it was crazy. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. And so he wrote me a th- single, single line, three page letter. And it just makes you makes I get chills. I get chills just thinking about the transformation in this man's life. And I only met him last week. And for That's 18 amazing. Months, he's just following me online and doing what I say. You know what I mean? So you have to have a certain amount of trust and faith and belief in what it is, you know what I mean? If you believe your magic pill is gonna work, it might work, I don't know, because belief is a huge part of it.
0: Belief is, but I mean, the amount of lives that you've changed over the years, right? Because that program, P90X, was, is it still to this day the best-selling fitness program of all time?
1: Well, you know, I've been with a company for, Insanity's up there, I'm sure yeah. Beach Body's pushing a lot of Autumn Calabrese's stuff pretty hard. Yeah,
0: they are right it's now. True. They are
1: it's not the best selling, but it's the best known.
0: It's the most well known. Like my mother knows about it. Her friends know, but it. like, it's like, it's like a, it's a, it's a household name. It's synonymous with fitness. People think about it when they think about, you know, fitness at home fitness programs. Mm-hmm. So how did it come to be? So you're a stand up comic, you're, a tr- you're a struggling actor. You started to work out um, you started, you know, really getting into it. How did that become then your career, your path? And how did you start? How did you then get to P90X?
1: Well, do you have 45 minutes? I can do it. Now. I have more than I have
0: 45 hours if you want. I can it. do
1: it. Uh, you know, I came out to California, um, 1980, wanted to be an actor, lived on my my buddy's sister's floor for the summer. Um, but I noticed something very different about California then than Connecticut, where I grew up, is there were gyms on every corner. People were surfing and, and skiing and volleyball, and it was a very physical community. And I jumped into a gym pretty quick because I had an agent early on. I got an agent, you know, and then the agent, I was I, and I took a weightlifting course in college, did really well, built my confidence, my GPA went up. And of course, after that semester, I stopped going to that class and everything went, you know, oh, more beer, more booze, more burgers. And um, then by the time I came out here, you know, I'd lost a lot of that physique that I had had, um, but I got the agent. They said, get, get back in there, man, because if you want to work, you know, if you want to get commercials. And I, I did some modeling early on. Um, and uh, so, I, you know, then all of a sudden I just went, OK, I got an agent. You know, I mean, this is this is uh, like I have an agent, so I'll just do what they said. I thought this woman was a god. And so I went to the gym and I was training this guy, Harlan Goodman. Uh, who was a a movie producer over 20th Century Fox. And he was working with a woman by the name of Julia Phillips. Now, Julia Phillips and her husband, John Phillips, produced Close Encounters of the Third Kind, The Sting with Redford and and Paul Newman, and uh, and, um, Taxi Driver with uh, Robert De Niro. And so, like, I was on the set. I had a pass, and I'm walking around. And I'm, you know, I'm feeding the cat, and I'm making the coffee and I'm delivering the scripts and I'm picking up station and I'm hiding the pot and whatever from her cause she brought it and do whatever PA, whatever PA would do. And and Harlan was noticing, you know, Harlan who used to be in the music industry who had hooked up with, with Julia when she divorced John anyway and they couldn't make a movie to save their lives over there, they tried, you know what I mean? But I worked from the whole time and he was noticing my transition. And so I started tra- training him. He goes, dude, you gotta help me cause I need to lose the weight. I wasn't a trainer, I wasn't certified, I had no idea. I would just go to the one of four gyms that I was a member of back then. Cause you know, gym memberships were like $99 for, a, yeah. for so for a year.
0: or a year, yeah. A
1: year, you know, like whatever. So I was a member of Goals Gym. I was a member of a place called Mesoplex. I was a member of another one that was a, it was an aerobics gym, it was all women. So I'm gonna go in there and join that one, right? Like I look, on aerob- I look, at, I look in the window and go, oh my God, what are they doing in there? It's called aerobics, really? Can guys go in there? Yeah, <laughs> sign me up. Never got <laughs> the whole time. Like they didn't, they didn't care about me. So he noticed that transition. So I was training my boss in the morning before we both went to work in a buddy's garage. He lost thirty five pounds, and then I started training other people. Like, oh, look what you're doing for Harlan, and then a you know, small, you know. And I was training these two doctors, this husband and wife team, uh, and then I had about four or five clients. Still a carpenter, still. Doing pantomime in Vegas at big shows, you know what I mean? Acting as a frozen statue on a buffet table, you know, <laughs> dressed as a construction worker or, a, or an Indian or something, you know what I mean? Getting paid $200 to go to Vegas, of course. Then you just look, blackjack and gone. And you get the bus on the back end and you're out of money, whatever. You, I do whatever I could do. But I was becoming a trainer. So I started buying books to figure out if I was, whatever I was doing was right. I was just stealing. I, I would watch Lou Ferrigno and Arnold Schwarzenegger at work. Yeah. And I go, How many sets? He's doing like 18 sets of chest. Okay, that seems all right. I'll do that. You know what I mean? He's doing legs for like two hours. Okay. You know what I mean? And uh, But I would walk around with these two luggage with dumbbells in them. And I go to people's house and we do whatever. And so one day uh, after Harlan left uh, 20th Century Fox and Julia, and so did I, he was walking down the hall of East End management uh, um, on Sunset Boulevard. And uh, Tom Petty's walking the other direction, and Tom sees Harlan. He says, hey, Harlan, holy crap, you look great. Tom's from Gainesville. This is my Tom Petty, okay? I trained Tom for 32 years on and off, got him ready for tours. And he said, hey, Harlan, Jesus Christ, you look fantastic. I'm fat, and I'm going on tour, and nobody likes a fat rocker. And so Harlan <laughs> says, call my buddy Tony Horton, Tony Horton, all right? So Tom, so Bob calls and uh, uh, Tom calls, and my roommate Bob picks up, hey, it's Harlan. I mean, shit, I'm screwing up the story. Hey, it's Tom Petty. I'm looking for Tony Hurt. And Bob looks at me and goes, dude, I think it's John downstairs screwing around. I go, hang hey, up. It's not Tom Petty's not calling our apartment here. Not, Tom Petty's not calling 1438 15th Street between Santa Monica and Broadway. So he hangs up, phone call right back. Hey, got disconnected. This is Tom Petty? Bob goes, dude, this is, uh, I think it's Tom Petty. Hello, JP? No, it's Tom Petty. Dude, it's Tom Petty. Hey, I, I'm a friend of Harlan Goodman's. I'm going on tour and I'm fat. And nobody likes fat rocker. So I went to his house in Woodland Hills and Gold Records and Platinum Records on the wall and put out the cigarette right there, you know, before he got busy. And he was as weak as a chicken who had never, never left the coop, you know. And uh, I had him for four months and uh, I gave him, I got him a heavy bag, the old, the old uh, life cycle. Remember that gray? Yes, life, I do. Got him a bench press and dumbbells from I, I would say like from fives to forty fives, which he didn't wow. he didn't use he didn't use the twenty fives, thirties, thirty fives, forty, 45s until the last month. He started with twelve pound dumbbells on a bench press, and the first time I handed into to his arms was like this, right, like whoa, you know. He had no sense of right left, and he was beating the crap out of that heavy bag when I got when he got in the lifestyle the, the life cycle the first time. I had to turn it off because level one was too hard. It's like I went level level three. No, level two. No, level one. I turned it off. Oh, yeah, that's better. You know, like, holy crap, we got some ways to go. But it's amazing what you can do if you're at a guy's house five days a week and I'm getting him. Yeah. Matter, and four months later, he's on tour with sleeveless shirts and, and vests with no, he's freaking. I
0: remember that.
1: He was jacked, man. And so then, right, mate, been, my name's Billy Oiler. Uh, I saw you do with Petty Mate. Fantastic. So, I, so. For a while there, it was, I had Billy first, and then Tom, then I around the corner was Annie Lennox from the Arrhythmics, and then from Annie, I went to Stephen Stills, couldn't do much for Stephen, Crosby, Stills, Nash and & Young, and then, um, and then uh, Bruce, spring to steam. but I trained his wife, Patty Scalfa, first for a while. And, you literally
0: uh, trained like every major rock star in the world. All the rockers
1: from the 70s, I kept them alive, kept them going. You know,
0: I, I didn't even know these guys even worked out. Like if you, well, Billy yeah, Idol doesn't he look, even look like, he, they look so skinny. Like Billy Idol looks like very, very skinny and that he doesn't, like they just smoke, do drugs and drink. Like I had no idea that that guy worked out.
1: And he's still to this day. I mean, uh, we uh, Beachbody, when I was still with him, did an event. They had our annual summit and they had him as the entertainment. And um, I got to introduce him, you know, in front of about 17,000 people. And uh, so I got there, you know, I just do a little bit, like a 30, and he, he, he goes, mate, you know, I can't do a lot of F-bombs. Come out, you gotta come back. Horton here, he oh, he told me, because he I think he thought that I owned Beach Body, he thought it was me. <laughs> and uh, so this he told me I'll get as fucked up as I wanted, smoke as much pocket, fuck fucking right. And then as long as I show up every day. And and he put on a show. And then during halfway during the show, during Rebel Yell, and so I'm at the bottom of the stair at the stage, I get to hang out down there. He goes, Come on up. So I'm singing Rebel Yell with Billy Idol on uh, foot of 17,000 people. So that is fun. so cool. Yeah. I didn't remember all the lyrics, but I had some of them down. Um, but it was just, yeah, it has been a, it, that was how I, how I got started. And I was also doing stand up, and I was trying and I was taking in, impri- I, I was with second city, uh, LA, uh, and I had this Columbo character. I don't know if you know. Columbo.
0: Of course I know Columbo. I loved Columbo. Oh, I could ask you, um, uh, let me ask you questions.
1: You know what I mean. So I had the code. I go around, I do this whole mm-hmm. bit, right, in the audience. So I got very come. I got, and then I was working with Norda for for a while, flying back and forth to Minneapolis. They were out of Minneapolis. So, uh, and then I had a show on the Playboy Channel called Three Hundred and Sixty, with uh, with uh, not Shannon Tweed, but her sister. She was my co-host, um, and that was a three. Were you, did you wear clothes? Yeah, I, and we were co-hosts of a of like a Entertainment Tonight. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, like an entertainment it was like, kind of like they, they wanted
1: to go legitimate a little bit with some of the uh, yeah yeah yeah. few of us would do these opening sketches. I mean, they had, they had a decent budget, three camera show teleprompters on all three cameras. So between that and uh, um, going back and you know the classes, the improv, the comedy, going to Minneapolis, having this show, you know, when it came to be in front of a camera, it was, it was second nature after a while. And so Power Ninety was just a kind of a straight, straight thing. You know, nobody knew about Beachbody. The thing was ten minutes old. It was nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. Hi, everybody. Tony Horton here. Uh, we're going to do chest and back. Uh, so well,
0: wait, how did you get to Power Ninety? So, how did you meet Carl and all that stuff? Like, oh,
1: you that story? It, here's a here's a here's a lesson in how to behave during times where people are doing this, right? So, one of the books I read, I think it was. Um, I think it was Romancing the sh- no, No, I can't remember. It was one of these back here. There was a lesson at the end of every chapter. And the chapter was, this was about civility and reaching out to others. And that's kind of what the chapter was. So the lesson was go out of your way and do something extraordinary for somebody that you're in conflict with. Forget about doing something nice for your kids or your wife or your parents. Like somebody that you're pretty sure doesn't like you and you don't like them. Just oh. do something really nice. So I used to play hoop with these lawyers on Saturdays years ago, and they're all lawyers, so there's a lot of arguing. And it was a foul. It wasn't a foul. Well, you talked my arm. You know, I'm like, okay, well, I'm sitting there, you know, waiting for people, the argument to end so we can continue playing ball. That's- there's this one guy uh, who was a, kind of the, kind of like the alpha male of this yeah. group. Of, his name was Ben Vanderbunt. then the lead attorney for a company called Guffy Rinker, which was the biggest infomercial company in the world at that time. This is really before – Beachbody existed. And, uh, and you know, sometimes you pick teams. Sometimes, you know, we were on opposite teams sometimes. And we were on the same team. I just wasn't a very good ball player. I couldn't dribble with my left hand. You know what I mean? I didn't know that. I would always stand in all the wrong places. Uh, I could hustle, though, and I could set, I could set picks, which I love doing. But, you know, on this particular day, he and I were on the same team, and we won, and he was in good spirits. And he's with his lawyer pals, and I'm hanging out with whatever, just nobody or myself. And uh, he was complaining about his weight, like, oh man, if I could get rid of this 30, 35 pounds, this whole basketball thing would be a lot easier for me. And I thought, go out of your way and do something extraordinary or nice or a nice favor to somebody that you're in conflict with. And so I thought, and I had an I had an eight o'clock or seven thirty slot of a client that I had forever who had just who just stopped or whatever I can't remember. So I had this open slot. So I thought, oh, I'll go ask him if he'd like to start training with me because I thought he I thought, I thought he thought I was a real putz, you know. So I went, to high band. it's Tony. I, mean, I don't know if you know, but I trained Tom Petty. And you're a big shot attorney. You have a big house in Brentwood. And I, I live in a crap hole of apartment with a view of a convalescent home. You probably want to have nothing to do with me because all your friends are rich and have kids. And family. So I don't know. And he, he looked at me and went, oh yeah, man, don't you train these celebrities? I go, yeah. I go, man, I, I'd love to. Give me your number. What? And then I thought, okay, he's not going to call me. He called me that afternoon. He said, when can we start? I said- Monday? And uh I saw him every Monday, Wednesday, Friday for that year. And he lost a bunch of weight, you know, because he was doing stuff he had never done before. We started every Monday with 500 push-ups. That was our Monday routine. Yeah, we did it together. I go, dude, I'm going to do so many, do so many. And when 500 was done, we were done. <laughs> he had never done That's that. That's
0: all you did?
1: All we did. It was the Herschel Walker who used to play for the Cowboys, I think. We did the Herschel Walker routine. And I think Herschel Walker was like 1500 squats and all these different things. So so he just got super fit. And, and then he interviewed this guy, Carl Deichler, who was in, who, out of Philly, who did eight-minute abs. That was his claim to fame. So who's this young whippersnapper who created an infomercial, who doesn't live in Hollywood or New York, who's in Philly, who came up with this eight-minute abs thing? So Ben said, I, I want you to meet this guy. He's kind of a go-getter. And he's funny, and he's goofy, and He's outrageous. Kind of like me. And we he brought him to one of the workouts and he brought him to several workouts. And Carl and I just, we were thick as thieves, man. We were really good friends. And and um and we would club it and we did, we worked out hard. We would, I mean, Carl's thing was he trained so hard every time he almost threw up every time. I go, dude, you don't have to throw up every time. That's not necessarily a goal. You know what I mean? Goals is yes. to train hard. But it's not like, you know, you're gonna break something. And then uh, as in, in Carl, who's now an employee, of Ben's. And Carl was doing infomercials for like pantyhose that don't run and, and at home LASIK eye surgery. I made that one up. But, um, but Carl was a fitness guy. He was kind of waiting his turn over there. And so he asked Ben, he said, Hey, you know, I got to know Tony and he's, you know, I, I'd like to hire Tony and my girlfriend at the time's tra- uh, uh, trainer, Debbie Siebers. So Debbie Siebers was an early part of Beach Body. She's come and gone, as have I. But, um, so he just, uh, yeah, you and you, and we did this thing where we did some, we did some workouts in some gym in Malibu and we ran out of money and we did a bunch of them in the, on the beach in Malibu without a permit that like the crack of dawn, <laughs> right, wow. you know? cops are coming kick, clear out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and they put that thing out to the world. Actually that was called great body guaranteed, which was before power 90. So here we were, nobody's, and this great body guaranteed made money. You know, so you would buy these wild spots. You'd buy, you'd spend like $1,000 here in Poughkeepsie, New York and you'd spend like 2000 in in Fort Lauderdale, Florida and you'd buy another one in, in Portland, Oregon and you'd like, you know, you roll the dice and you'd buy those spots and ooh, if, if you lose your ass not, night after night and day after day, you're out of money and your project is gone and, you know, you crawl back into your hole and you never work again or, or, or you make another project, and that thing made enough money, and investors are like, "Whoa, this Great Body Guarantee worked!" Because you could have a hundred people try to do an infomercial, and two will succeed, right? Temporarily, while the other ninety-eight just disappear. That's just the nature of it. It's, it's hard. And so we did this thing; and it worked, and the marketing worked, and the, and the, and 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 then we said, "Okay, well, now we got some, we got some money in the coffers." And, and Carl said, "What do you do with Petty and Idle and Stephen Stills? And can we, can we?" Do all that. Can we train people that way without treadmills and heavy bags and Versa climbers and, and benches and, you know, just maybe some dumbbells or something? And I said, yeah, man, it's whatever. We'll do push ups. And there's no pull ups for that one. And, and with bands, we had that band option, which was for people who didn't mm-hmm. have dumbbells in the house. They wanted to travel. And Power 90 sold like three million copies. And everybody was like, what? And so Ben said to Carl, dude, start your own thing you know, do your own thing. We'll, we'll rent you a space down the hall. We got plenty of space here. And so, uh, Carl hired Ben's roommate from college. that just gotten back from traveling and doing a photo thing. And he was a fifth grade teacher. Didn't know the knew zero about the business. So Carl trained John and he was pretty quick learner. And, um, and then we did uh, power 90 and then I didn't have to live in that apartment anymore. I, I was sixty thousand dollars in debt, which seemed like a lot at the time, especially when you don't have any money. Right. Two broken down cars. I had two cars because one would break. One was a sixty-six Mustang convertible rally sport. Looked really good in the parking lot, but driving to Malibu and then to you know then the Culver City and then the back to Hollywood. It just couldn't handle all those miles driving from celebrity to celebrity. So I had a I had an eighty four white land cruiser. It was like it was like they needed to do this to make a left turn and then (laughs) wow this thing is just it was a horrible car but you know one would break and i'd drive the other one and and that's that was my life uh, early on and then the first royalty checks came in from power 90 and yeah the first one was like two grand whoa i'm just sitting here and two grands in a mailbox and then four grand and then eight grand and then you know Kept doing that. And then a million.
0: And then, like, <laughs> yeah, I
1: put, paid off the debt, looked at homes. I was able to go from a, a crappy little crime ridden area into a, a, one, one, a 4 bedroom joint uh, in Brentwood with a view of the Hollywood sign. And, you know what I mean? And, and a little guest house, which I converted into the gym and lived there for the longest. You know, then I moved there and I. <laughs> Didn't have any furniture. Like you'd walk in every room, room, room. And it was like, like, like this, this, this is the living, living room. You know, it was just a echo chamber. Because all the furniture in that apartment was, I made, I was a carpenter. So I made crap and I sold that at a garage sale right when I left. And I think I brought a couch with me. That's all I brought. So a lot of empty rooms. And then we did, like, what should we do next? And I thought, well, maybe we should help help obese folks because they're struggling. And Carl goes, no, let's make Power 90 harder. So let's just make it extreme. Let's just like, I want you to spend a whole year doing research. And I, and, uh, originally it was going to be six routines. And and I said, dude, we need more. We need, we need something. We need to be like core synergistics, working on proprioception and, and core work as opposed to just at. And then we also need martial arts, something we picked Kempo. Um, and then we're going to, you know, I thought 12 was like, what are you doing? 12 routines. How are people going to master this? I said, I don't want them to master it. I want them to be confused. And looking over their shoulder and going, holy crap, I want people to work on their weaknesses more so than their strengths. So Pilates and yoga people, oh, yeah, you got to lift weights now. And you bodybuilders, you got to do cardio and yoga and core work, which you've never done. And so we took all spectrums of the universe and got them to do stuff that they would have never done. And we added the humor and, and, and good casting and um, millions and millions of those. So I was able to put furniture in the house and able to buy a couple of nice cars and buy a place in Jackson and... And living the dream, and that was a twenty-year run. And we did P90X two and P90X three, and twenty-two minute hardcore, and and um, double time, and you know, pro- tons of projects. And uh, and I still get royalties from all those today. So oh it.
0: my god! So you were there from the absolute beginning. I didn't I, realize it, that
1: it was Carl, John, me, Debbie Severs, and this woman uh, Heather, who was their secretary. I was never an employee. I was always a hired gun. So was Debbie. But it was like they were in a closet. They were in a tiny little room and they were, you know, and they would rent the camera equipment and hire outside people. There was no in-house anything. Now it's all in-house. There's, I don't know, hundreds of employees and there's two huge buildings. And, and they just went public, Beachbody did. Yeah. Right? Um, I know.
0: So, so you were basic did you, so you actually created P90X. Like you were actually the creator of it. Um, and, but Beachbody owned it. So you got the royalty from it cause you were, you were like an employee of theirs, basically. I was, a,
1: I was a, a contractor. A con- with, an independent contractor. that would come over there and fix, li- fix lights. I was an outside contractor. Um, but I was part of the community. I had, a, I had a contract that didn't pretty much didn't allow me to do anything with, with anybody else. That was partly the reason why I left, left because, um, you know, but initially it was me and Debbie and then it was me and Debbie and Shanti. Then it was me and Debbie and Shanti and Shaleen. Then it was me and Debbie and Shaleen. Right. So all of a sudden I'm sitting around waiting my turn. You know what I mean? And uh, like, right. oh, okay. i okay. You know, and I did that. I did that routine for 20 years. And, and then other trainers who I thought should be getting as much attention as me, we're getting more time, getting more programs. And I just began to scratch my head and go, something's up here, man. Look, and look, without Beachbody, I mean, I'd be living in a van down by the river. You know what I mean?
0: So, <laughs> I no, don't think so. But you you are doing pretty – I, mean,
1: I mean, that was it. I mean, with, without them, uh, there's no way. Without me, they wouldn't be who they are either today. So um, No, you
0: put them – I think I think if anything, you also helped put them on the map. That program, it wouldn't have had the same success if it didn't have the talent behind it because you brought – the personality that made that program successful or else it would have been like every other program out there. But then they started to do all these up. Like now they have so many of these trainers on there and I don't even know what the programs are. Like, is it because the times have changed and evolved and there's now so much content everywhere that you just don't hear about it anymore? Or is it that it's just, it's more and it's now diluted because like besides you and the insanity program uh, with Sean T, which is another good one, uh, the, like I feel like it kind of lost some kind of you know, oomph. Is it just because, like I said, there's just so much out there now,
1: you think? Uh, partially. I think that's certainly part of it. It is diluted. I mean, you look at Beachbody, they've got, you know I don't know how many trainers. A, a so lot. many. So, and then uh, like, Tonal's got, you know, they hire a trainer every half an hour over there. Yeah, right? they do. You know? I know,
0: every half an hour, exactly. And a lot
1: of these companies feel like, if we saturate our platform with dozens and dozens of trainers, that'll draw more people because different f- strokes, different folks. Right. right. But right. then, but no one has risen. There hasn't been like that Jack LaLanne figure or, or who or Arnold like figure or me or Sean.
0: Um, you it know, really hasn't, I mean, you have social media people, but I think is the model now not to have a star or just to have a lot of content. Um, and like you said, different strokes for different folks, not to like build like the A a team, like Beachbody, you're synonymous. Tony Horton, Beachbody. You know what I mean? Like t- Tonal, I don't know. I mean, is there somebody beside well, like I That's mean, why I was excited when I had you.
1: Well, I mean, if you look at Tonal, they, they, they want they want more of a generic vibe. And so does Beachbody now. I mean, you know, they try to make Autumn Calabrese sort of the 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 one, and I mean, there's the one that they're the one they put the most energy in, you know, nothing against Autumn, but I don't think she, she, uh, good content, something for everybody. She's got all kinds of different programs for folks. Um, but that superstar trainer, they're, they're just, you know, it's not the kind of business that generates that type of a personality. It just isn't I mean, it didn't exist before me, and it doesn't really exist now. I don't know. What am I doing? I'm, sorry. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, there's not a lot of people who can walk and chew gum at the same time in that industry. It's all about the workout and cheering you on. And, yeah, good for you. And, yay. And th- anybody can do that. All right? But nobody can off the cuff, like, ah, talk pterodactyl and don't smash your face and whatever, you know, whatever stuff to just, you know, I mean, I was an improv guy. So... You know that helped
0: your that benefit. I mean, listen that all that experience. Have you ever heard this whole thing about borrowed hours? I had this guy on my podcast named James Altucher. Do you know who he is?
1: No,
0: no. Um, He's written like twenty books, and like he he has has like a whole thing about borrowed hours. That the hours that you've made, like the hours that, for example, you got from your stand up, from your acting, from your from all the Second City stuff, you can apply those hours to all the fitness stuff that you did for P ninety and everything else. I'm in terms of like whole like Malcolm Gladwell has this whole 10,000 hours to be, you know, an expert or whatever. But because you had those borrowed hours from all that, that makes you even that that brings in your expertise to such a higher level that now you're like spectacular, basically, when someone else doesn't have those hours.
1: I've never heard that. I I haven't heard of him with that term, but that's sort of spot on. I mean, everything I've been able to do is purely based on on the thousands of experiences and books and interactions and and seminars and workshops and stand-up and improv and all that stuff. You know what I mean? It all it all uh, very fortunately, they weren't just hobbies hobbies that went, you know, that just sort of disappeared in the ether. They were things that I these are all lessons and and activities that that allow me to be who I am and, and be very comfortable in my own skin and be able to think quick off the top of my head and that kind of stuff. And I, like I, I, what I wanted to have, I mean, we have these things at the house called the Paragon Experience, and we're having our seventh and maybe final one here in October. And it's anywhere between 24 and 30 people, and they come in from around the world. We had a couple come in from Kuwait, which was kind of amazing, amazing. Wow. Abdullah, who's become a good friend, and and his wife, Miriam, are just wonderful people. And usually around the States, you know, they come in from everywhere. and that And those seminars are about, you know, Oh, you know, you're tougher than you think. And we bring in experts, you know, we're trying to get Sanjay Gupta to come in. We don't know if we're able to get him or not, but we get some, you know, we get Brendan Brazier who created Vega and, and, uh, Eric Stolhansky who was in the play routine, who was in, um, who's, uh, uh, in super troopers and all these different kind of movies. Uh, maybe we'll get my friend, Tony Curran, just, just to get some really interesting folks. So there's workshops and seminars and, um, and competitions on the obstacle course, and it really this this really takes the right average person and it's exposes them to new new and higher levels of stuff that they're already doing, but they're kind of plateauing and they want to know more. And which is great, we love doing those. But the, the the seminar that I want to do is to take trainers, people who are already fit, who know the industry, and really you know really teach them how to improve, elevate, yeah, elevate their abilities. I guess best way to put it. And so like one of the simple things would be um, give them anything like plumbing or Cirque du Soleil or how to chop down a tree or just random crazy thing and get up and talk about the key to cutting down a tree without just and then get up there and blow our minds. You know what I mean? Um, Or to sing a song or to do a poem or to or tell it, tell a joke, um, whatever, tell a story. Uh, and that, those are things that I used to do. I mean, I, I was a C minus student with a speech impediment called cluttering. I couldn't put two words together without stuttering and stammering and being overly conscious. And so we moved, I was an army brat and I moved seven times before fifth grade. And so you're a speech, your kid with a speech impediment who moves around. So I get to get my, my nuts busted seven times before fifth grade. Yeah. I'm surprised, you know, I'm not in a home. Mm. Um, but that's just, that's just my story. And, and, uh, so I used to read, read anything, newspaper, books, whatever, out loud to a tape recorder. And I would read a paragraph over and over and over again until I didn't stutter or stammer. And, uh, so that made it really easy for me to learn how to read a teleprompter or do voiceover copy because I was practicing borrowed hours early on in my life. Um, yeah, I did. I took two voiceover classes because I just wasn't very good at it, you know, and I, and that helped me a lot. So. I stutter and stammer occasionally still. And whenever I do, I make a joke of it. So that, you know, little reminder that um, it's usually because I'm nervous or something. Or, you know, you're on stage in front of 26,000 people. You might stutter there, you know. But now, I mean, my biggest audience, I think, was around almost, almost 28,000 folks. I just get up there and go, hello, people. Let's go to work, you know. Let's have some fun.
0: Are you doing fitness for twenty eight thousand, or are you doing stand up for twenty eight thousand, combination?
1: Fitness. Well, jokes too. I mean, just whatever comes off. You know, it's not like I have any bits ready in my head. I just, you know, I'm just act silly and I make make people jump and squat and lunge and twist and turn and punch and kick. You know, whatever it is I'm doing up there.
0: But but that's the truth, though. Like you basically you kind of like combined. Or bo- both all your skills in one. It just so happens that you're like moving and doing fitness, but you're kind of actually doing stand up. You're like, you're like, you're presenting. You're like, you are performing yeah. in that way, which most people like, you know, it's all about like, you know, and I'm sure people ask you this all the time like, how does somebody who's like rising up want to stand out? And it's like, well, you have to be unique. You have to like have a niche. That's my opinion anyway. I'm sure you would agree. But like, um, you know, all these things that you've done in your life have made you great at what you're doing, and you just kind of like took all of it and kind of combined it into this uniqueness.
1: Yeah, and, and and you're right. I mean, there are others that have that have done pretty well that are rising to the top, and there is something you know really unique about their delivery. You know, it's queuing too. Like you have to, you have to through your words. Help, because people are they're down in Down Dog or they're in some of the positions. <laughs> can't look at the screen. So I'm always very conscious of okay. Well, you can't see me right now. So here's where my legs are. Here's where my arms are. Here's how I'm breathing. Um, and if you're somebody who can't do what I'm doing, I'm also going to show you a version that's a little bit easier. So it's a stepping stone to getting better duh, like, yeah, that's how you help people. I, how many yoga classes and classes I've been into where <laughs> yes. it's just, they're, they're just flying around. All right, we're going to do the Cabo Salula. Let's go. <laughs> right arm, left, kick back. Like, what? the? How about <laughs> instruction? Are you a coach or just an asshole? Like, you know, why would I want to
0: take this class again? Because I'm i just pissed off. You, you know what I mean? And so- It's so true. That's the difference between a good class and a bad class is, is, is good cueing, right? So you can actually follow along. Right. That's that's like the secret sauce too, right? Because you're right. If you're downward dog or you're doing a plank and someone's talking to you about what to do and you have no idea, your whole workout's screwed up. It's fucked up already and you can't do anything. You know you're
1: a good trainer when you've got one, two, three or four different levels in the room and everybody's mm-hmm. a great workout and everybody feels like they've got something done. It's, you know, if you're teaching a beginner's class, well, then, you know, there's your basic rudimentary movements and you you talk that way to them. And if you got a bunch of, you know, badasses in the room, you know how to crank them up. But can you, you know, that's the that's the best training for a trainer or a coach or whatever, a mentor is oh, okay, I got all levels in the room. All right, everybody, here's the movement. Let me show you another one, blah, blah, blah. And you take, you know, you don't want to take an hour trying to explain that because people are standing around going, okay, what, like I hour and a half between moves. You just want to say, here it is, ba-ba-ba, hands, feet, ba-boo. You want to slow it down, decrease the range of motion, make sure you breathe. You want to take a break, take a break, stand there, watch everybody else mock them, throw, throw things at them. Who cares? Let's go. And then you, you know, all right. And then I'll and then when you've got people on the stage just like you do in the video, Sally's here. She's going to turn things down. I want you to eyeball her, all right? Forget about Victor. He, he's, he's on crack cocaine over here, all right? He's full of meth, meth, methamphetamines, so don't even – he's going to – your know, heart's going to explode. Okay? Unless you got that going on, then check out Victor, all right, because you're going to be saturated, all right? You know, keep it saturated, all right? So whatever. So you got mellow, hardcore, and then I'll scream and yell at you, and it'll be fun.
0: No, that's true. Who do you think is good these days? Like, who do you think is a really good? I, I've, I mean, even though you're like, to your point, there's not anybody who is like a star star anymore like that, but who do you think is really good?
1: I will say, I will say, I don't agree with a lot of Sean T's products. I think insanity was not properly named because if you want your knees to explode, that's the program for you. you know? Oh, I know. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, It's just, who does like, legs five days a week? What? But yeah. as far as, being prepared, being a motivator, being entertaining, be, being committed to the quality of the work—he's a fire—he's a firebrand man. He's awesome that way. Yeah, you know what I mean. And a lot of times, it was Beachbody gave him something that maybe you know uh, uh, that wasn't necessarily good for other people. And hey, you can get you can get jacked up doing P ninety X and X X two X two is probably the hardest fitness program ever created. It's just there are is X- it. Yeah, I've never
0: done that one.
1: Get on X2, woman. You're gonna be you're gonna be All right, down P90X2. I've
0: never even heard of that one. You know, oh yeah, you're ups. right. P90X. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You're doing you're doing push-ups on four medicine balls. All right.
0: Who, who's doing that? Is that did that one do well?
1: Uh it didn't do as well, but professional, Olympic, collegiate, athletes, and coaches would come to me and said, Changed my career. Change I went from being in the cellar made my team do P90X2. We were number one in our division, like that oh. level. Like my my lower back, one guy said to me, my lower back was we're going to have to have plates and pins and boom. Well, I did P90X2, totally rehabbed my lower back. There was a, there was a upper and lower uh, post activation potentiation series in there that was was state of the art fitness, and you're doing a push up on a med ball. And your yeah. feet on a stability ball. Your feet aren't on the ground. So talk about
0: stability work, uh, core,
1: yeah, core work. Um, yeah, that thing was a monster. Levers, like levers. You know, you're yeah. not just doing a pull up. You're at top of a bar, and now you're going. Arms are out, and body is parallel to the ground. It took me four months to learn how to do one. And, you know, I put that in the damn program, figure it out, you know, and a lot did of people
0: never figured it out, but it is. You work, did you work with people to help you like coaches to help the oh program?
1: Oh yeah. I, a lot of it I had known because after PNIDX, I was, I was evolving anyway. I, right. I, I was spent a lot of time with my friend, Chuck Gaylord, who was a nine-time All-American gymnast. His brother, Mitch, won gold and silver and bronze in 84 Olympics. So Whatever. I was hanging around with people, especially the, the, you know, I went from Kempo to mixed martial arts. I never got in the ring with anybody because you know, I don't
0: right? Exactly. Don't want to
1: ruin your beautiful oh, face. Yeah. You know, I don't need to get punched. Yeah. Know? I'm a pacifist anyway. So, um, but yeah, so I, you know, I added sprawls and, 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 you know, and, and elbows and claws and down strikes and all these kind of new, more dra- dramatic movements and things that you'd see in mixed martial arts. Um, and so, all we, you know, are always learning and transforming. There, I think the reason why a lot of trainers aren't successful is because they're good at Pilates, but nothing else. They're good at yoga, nothing else. They're, they're bodybuilders, but wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have put together a cardio program to save their lives. They, they think plyo and cardio are the same thing, and they're not even close. You know what I mean? Right. They're not the same. You know, one is hit training, and one is just sustained elevated heart rate. That's, there's a difference. You got to know the friggin' difference. And if you're going to introduce people to really difficult, hard things, you got to show levels. You got to show like in this new program called the Power of Four. We're going to say, hey, some of you are going to power up, and some of you are going to power down. And you got to know the difference. And here's what power down looks like, and here's what power up looks like. And we also put stop options in these hour long routines. Now P90X, the yoga, the hatha flow yoga class was 90 minutes, so everybody skipped it and they went for a run, or they would stretch and. That's what
0: I did. I didn't do those ones because I didn't like them. What what if
1: you had two other specific places where you could call it quits, fast forward to the end or cool down. And so like, duh. So almost every, except we have some shorter routines, one's called cardio 24 and it's, it's 24 minutes. Um, there's no stop shop option there, but it's start me done. You know what I mean? So that's, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Wait, the Cardo 24 is on the beach body. Is that, is that new? That's all new.
1: That's the brand new. Do I even have what the hat here was? Wait, where
0: would I, okay. So where would put someone like, where would I find the power of, what's it called? Power of four, right? Power of four. And is it like, can you describe it? Like, is it like a three-day program, a five-day program? Like describe it, how it's different than let's say a P90X in the sense that do I put in like, where would I find it? Like what? Well, where would I do it? Well, you,
1: you would have had to been uh like a, a Tony Horton fan, aficionado on my fan page. Then you would have seen notice after notice after notice, and you would have seen the link to sign up for it. And we got around uh-huh. 2,200 people. We were hoping for five or six or eight, but it actually ended up being the perfect number as far as, as far as a test group. They were all paying twenty nine ninety five a month. Uh, there were there were three betas, and there was a there was a provisional month. In between the betas, meaning at the beginning of the pandemic, we we had masks on. The sound was terrible. The lighting was crap. We shot some of them on a phone, right? It was beta, man. So there's no bricks and mortar. None of it. There's a pandemic, so you know you can now watch us with masks on, but you can take yours off in your house. You can still hear us to some degree. At least you can hear me, right? And so wait, you shot
0: it with masks on?
1: Yeah. Yep, we did.
0: Did you shoot it outside? Inside. Oh, it was inside. Oh, inside. Okay. Inside. Why didn't you just get a COVID test before and then separate? It was, no, you
1: them. couldn't get them, and they weren't reliable. We're oh, yeah. the talking first the first months of the pandemic, when nobody knew anything. You couldn't even find masks. You remember those earliest? Like we? Yes, it.
0: I do. Oh we my gosh. Times
1: of COVID that it was. Uh, uh. And a lot of them, it was just me. You know what I mean? And we just figured, like you know. Oh, carbon dioxide. Shut up. No, no, you're not going to. And now everybody's wearing masks. And nobody, that argument that was so important to thousands of people is now gone because it was bullshit from the fucking start. Excuse my friend. You know what I mean? Like, duh. Yeah. Oh, the earth is flat. Finally, some people know it's round. We're a little planet. And there's other ones. And there's a sun. And we don't, it doesn't revolve around us. And we revolve it. You know what I mean? It's probably aliens. But we haven't really, you know what I mean? Like, hello. So that's how we shot the dang thing. You know, and it's called beta for a reason, right? It was sloppy and the lighting and the sound was funky, but the, the movements were there. I mean, it's it's P90X-esque, but there's a bunch of new routines and, and new movements and new sequences, and there's silliness everywhere, but it's raw. So you got three months of raw, and then we're like, okay, what are we going to do now? We got to add some more workouts. So we had a provisional month. So I made a schedule, month one, two, three, and, I, and the schedules were really a mishmash it wasn't like follow these things the same week like p90x was you know here here they are here they are again the second week here they are in the third week and then you get a recovery week Uh uh-uh it is all over the place just like i train at my age and that was really different for people oh i get to stop here after 20 minutes even though the routine's an hour long oh okay but there's a second stop option maybe i'll keep going maybe i'll go to the end so we just kind of created some new elements that didn't exist. That's so it, smart.
0: I've never seen that in a program before.
1: Yeah. So I like it. You know, I I
0: I mean, I don't know. I'm
1: like the Dr. Jekyll of this stuff. I just what how do you get more people in the fray? How do you get me more people successful? Right? That's it. If it's like why keep doing like my workout this morning, my shoulders and arm, never did that workout before. Never. First time ever. Made it up on the spot. What did you do? Uh, we did four sets of um, modified pike presses, elevated pike press. So I had a couple of parallettes, had our booty in the air a little bit. And instead of doing a pike press like this, it was half push-up, half pike, so that the bars lined up with the collarbones. So it was really heavy uh, anterior delt upper pec. So you felt it. It's just a weird. So normally if I could do 50 push-ups, I could barely get 25 of these, purely based on the on the – Angle my body and the and the, my ass being in there. Four sets of that. Then we did, um, what do we do? Second, uh, four sets of uh handstand push ups, but limited range of motion. So we get more reps. So you kick up to the wall and you're doing little squatty ones. So whatever your maximum rep is, and then locking out and holding for maximum time. Four sets of that. Um, never did that before. Uh, not exactly that. What was the third shoulder? I can't remember. So that was eight, and it was 12 more. I can't remember the third one because I just made it up downstairs. And then we did um, – we lied on the bench, inverted bench, hanging over the top. So here's the top of the bench. Here's my chin. And doing preacher curls like that so that the weights had to come up on either side of the bench hanging. Now, I'd done that somewhere, somewhere, but I haven't done it in a while. Um, and then we did some cra- – on the tonal, I made up this crazy tonal – tricep move where I brought the arms all the way to the top and really close together and put the two handles on there. And then, and then did way back. Right. So the arms are normally, normally never next to each other. So I did a bunch of extensions and then we did, um, single arm inverted, uh, incline curls. So you're lying on it. You're, you're almost l- level and you're doing yeah. time, Boom. which there's more time under tension. That one arm is getting that big stretch. And then we did another tricep move on the tonal that I just made up on the bar. I did close grip yeah, bar tricep extensions. Um, yeah, so just some, some
0: weird. Well, you're saying we, like, compete, do people just show up whenever? Like, this is like a Laird Hamilton well, thing. On,
1: Sunday, on Sundays, I invite around 12 people to show up here for a four-hour upper body. Pegboards, rope, parallel bars, ninja course, fingertip pull-ups. Um, uh, handstand push-ups, bear crawls, nightmare. It's a nightmare. Did you say four hours? Well, it's four hours because if, if well, it's not four. four. Four is if twelve if all 12 show up. Because only one or two people can do an exercise at a time, and the rest of are going like, yeah, And so you're maxing out. You're doing, like, one one of the opening moves is 25-foot rope, huh? no feet. If you can use your feet, you use it. Maximum pull-ups at the bar at the top, and then no feet coming down that's just one most people can't get halfway up the rope and they're done you know what i mean they can do well, it right. right so you gotta so i you know i just say hey do what you can do you know get do your best forget the rest man. so get up the rope and then and then we'll do uh one's called dip walk dip so i have parallel bars in the backyard so you do maximum dips on once or whatever you pick a number it has to be whatever your number and then you go walk down the parallel bars on your arms right you have to do the same number of dips on the other side then you walk backwards which is hard and then you have to do that same number there so it's let's say it's eight dips walk eight dips walk eight dips most people get up there can't do a dip so they're I'm
0: kidding i mean this is who do you have coming over are they all levels of fitness then like all different uh, people,
1: there's people who, who who when they some number are pretty fit and they show up on a sunday and they can't do anything they just like, oh wow, this is I've had bodybuilders here who can lift a house who can't do any of the exercises that we do here. These are hard these
0: are like hard, what you're saying. These are not easy exercises. <laughs> you're not
1: doing bench press anymore. You're not doing tricep extensions anymore. You're not doing push-ups anymore. You're not doing like the stuff you do in your house. This is this is skill-based athletic training where you're, you're using primary, secondary, tertiary, and eyebrows to get through the damn move. You know what I mean? These are exercises that take weeks and months to learn how to do a rep. Right. That's just and so this one guy, Andrew, who is an overweight character actor, shouldn't have you know, like, what are you doing here? And then he he couldn't do anything. And then he came again, again, and 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 again. And he's doing my programs of P90X and X3 and blah blah And now last week he's he's like this. He's a he's six three. He's this lean, striated, sinewy monster, right? It's crazy. The more you do, the better you get. And if you're not good at something at the beginning, perfect. Keep going. Keep going. You want to be at, you know that there's, there's a lot ahead of you when you're horrible at something when you start. But like bowling. What if you you're you bowl and you you bowl 80, right? What if you bowled like five times a week and you had an instructor and you learned the step? You'd be a good bowler, like oh, a bad bowler, because you never do it, right? Yes. Why, why are you good at eating? Because you do it all day long, every single day. Why are you good at paying your bills? Because you like a roof over your house. So you pay those bills and you go to work and you do that all the time, all the time. Everybody's doing all the things that they need to do all the time so that they can survive. But the thrivers, the people who are living large and taking charge and mm, find the pursuit of happiness, right? They are next level, food, fitness, mindfulness, taking the right supplements, keeping their cortisol levels down, a little meditation, right? It's like their shit is so together, it's not about them anymore. Personal development is really about figure out how not to be a bonehead and a loser and a liar and a procrastinator and a douchebag. Like get rid of that guy or gal and then go do other stuff that's hard that's going to take some time, which is transitional, so you can go kick ass, right? And so now when you're kicking ass, it's not about you anymore. It's about what can I do based on my ex- expertise and my adventure on on this planet so I can share that with others who can have what I have. That's boom. That's right here. That's bottom of the ninth. Bases are loaded. And that ball's coming in slow motion. You're going to hit that ball so hard out of the park it's gonna go over it's gonna land in the water and they're gonna to have to find it 20,000 leagues under the sea. That's life if you're willing to get out of this survival mode work and eating and drinking watching the ball game potato chips on your shirt like sad why am I sad because you you because you, your life sucks that's right because you're afraid you know what I'm saying like come on man let's go. Let's go. We got places to go, people to meet, things to do, because here's life: birth, school, work, death. Oh, look! Look at him. Oh, he died at sixty-two, huh? And his whole life was a
0: joke. Bummer.
1: That ain't gonna be me. Sorry.
0: Mm-mm. This is that you just made me the greatest teaser, by the way. That whole <laughs> diatribe. So look, that is like perfect.
1: You're welcome.
0: That's amazing. You should be putting that on your, on, your, on your Facebook page or whatever you have there. Because it's just for you. It's just for you and nobody else. That was amazing. But by the way, why are you doing upper body and not lower body on Sunday?
1: Lower body's on Wednesday. When you come here on a Wednesday and you think you're going to walk on a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, forget about it because you're not. You're going to use your body weight and you're going to go north and you're going to go south and you're going to go east and you're going to go west. And it's plyo, and it's just you and me and whoever else show. I invite 25, 30 people to plyo. You know how many show up last week? Two. You know why? Because it's a monster. It's a monster. And and when you know you haven't done it week after week after week, uh, you know. I mean, we do 180, uh, we do 180-degree jumping, flying plyo jumps and things. And you know, and so you modify, you don't go as deep, you do less reps. But you get caught. What happens to people is they get caught up in the collective energy of everybody who's been doing it for, I've been doing some version of this routine for 17 years on Wednesday night and you come in cold, right? And you see what the hell we're doing. How many, 50 reps of that? Are you freaking 60 reps, 100 reps of that? What is that? You know, hello, look at this. This is, I haven't lifted weights with my legs in 35 years. That's, that's my leg, right? No way. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, The lighting's terrible in here.
0: I see it anyway. I see the striations. By the way, I saw your legs on tonal. I see it. You're very muscular. You don't even have to brag again here. It's very obvious. Well,
1: I'm I'm 63, very insecure, and I have a huge ego. And most of what I do is based (laughs) in fear. So that combination makes me want to stand up and show you my Oh, no, I,
0: you, I saw them. I, I, I like, and by the way, you have done weights because you do the tonal weights when you do the video. Cause I have to follow along and do your goblet squat and do all these other things that you do. Yeah. But you do basics. What's that? You do basics on tonal.
1: Yeah. I mean, I do those on tonal because those programs require that and that's for the tonal audience. But for me at home, I don't, I don't use the tonal or dumbbells at all for my legs. I don't. I that's mean,
0: am- amazing. Hold on a second. When, okay. So what time on Wednesdays? I, when can I, I'm literally, when can I come over up for the lower 530,
1: body? 5.30 Wednesday nights. We'll be doing it.
0: Okay. Am I allowed to go? Like, if I like it, can I go again?
1: Well, we have to get to see if we like you.
0: Oh, so if I don't like jive with the group, then I won't be invited back.
1: jive. I think you'll jive. I got a feeling about it.
0: I mean, because I mean, this is like, this is like, Next level, next level. So you go for four hours on a Wednesday and four hours on a Sunday? No,
1: four out Sunday. Sunday's an anomaly. It's just, okay, okay. it's just, it's just a fitness fest. You know what I mean? And we all gather, we get here at nine o'clock and we, we just, you know, and I, I have a, a grease board and every week I come up with a new sequence and, and I try to come up with new movements. I'll just sit and I'll go, okay, what if we do bear crawls down the side stairs backwards with two push-ups on every stair, yeah. You know? Oh my
0: God! Let's try that.
1: So you're going backwards upstairs. Two push-ups, two push-ups, two push-ups, right? And the stairs are like that. They're steep as hell. That's one. And then we have Ninja One. We have Ninja Two. We have Ninja Next, which is free for all. You know, there's a whole Ninja course in my backyard. If you follow me online, you've seen that thing in the backyard.
0: I have seen that. The, the your court, your backyard's great.
1: Yeah, I mean there are there are four places to play on my property. In the gym, uh, the the high bar, um, twenty five foot rope, parallel bar section. Also, the other seventeen foot rope, uh, pull up, pegboard uh, section. And then there's the ninja course section. So the whole thing. And I want to do another one. I want to put in a little uh, sport court where I can play um, pickleball or, or, yeah. or hoop or something. <laughs> um, that's a big project. So that's Sunday. Uh, Monday is cardio, which is what I did yesterday. So I, I invited seven people. One came, Brian came. So it's three minutes on the stationary bike, three minutes on the versa climber, three minutes on the treadmill, three minutes on the rower, three minutes on the rope, three minutes on the ski machine. And then, and then one hour. Just like, and then we just switch, 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 switch. We want to try to keep our heart rate up. So yeah. 50, twenty seconds in between, a little sip of water. So we are just, you know. Cranking and then inverse climber, crank and then treadmill three minutes. Let's go and then rower, wham three minutes and then jump rope, boom 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 three minutes and then the ski machine, wham 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 and then we just you know, we just set the timer and when one hour's up, usually we'll go an hour three hour four you know just so if we're on a machine right at the hour mark we have to finish that that
0: that, that last. Three. So you only do cardio on Monday?
1: Incorrect. So we do, uh, Tuesday shoulders and arms, which was that thing I made up today. Yeah. Um, uh, Wednesday is plyo, which is cardio alike, but it's really a hit training. It's there's breaks. Cause there's so much muscle recruitment. It's up and down stuff. You know what I mean? You're jumping, you're squatting, you're, you know, one is a, one is a side lunge, jump shot, side lunge, jump shot. That's another, you know, there's 20 moves and they, the lowest rep count on all those 20 is 30 reps. And the highest is 100 reps, and some are 40, 50, some are 60, right? And there's breaks there because you are a thing and puffing in between. Thursday's chest and back. Typically, it has been. It's just pull ups and push ups and a lot of tonal, right? We're doing a lot of inclined bench press with the tonal, and and usually we'll do like a body uh, a body weight and then a tonal or a dumbbell, and we'll rotate those. But I'll, I'll walk in the room and go, "We're doing 100. We're doing 500 push ups today." You know what I mean? Or we have, a, we have one called Triple Trouble Challenge where you do three sets of pushups and the, and the three sets have to be the exact same number. So if you pick 20, you got to do 20 the first set, the second set, and the third set. And then you have to pick that number for pull-ups. And you go back and forth. Right? You do your three and then you do your three on the pull-up and you do three more and three until 24 sets are up. And you're usually pretty trashed. Friday is something called balls and boxes. But because I have plantar fasciitis right now, I've only, I haven't been able to have, so there's a lot of plyo box jumping, a lot of stability work on, uh, on stability balls and you go back and forth, core legs, core legs, core legs, core legs. You do 10 exercises and then you take enough time to do this and then you do them again. And then, uh, Saturday's yoga, always yoga, usually an hour and a half. And I haven't been to a class in 18 months. So I do it at home, um, which is kind of boring.
0: You do it. Are you, I, are you. Leading the class? No? I lead,
1: I well, I do it at home by myself, or Shauna will join me, or I'll do it live on Facebook. Who's so, Shauna? Is that your wife? It's my wife, yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Your wife of six years. Correct. Is she a fitness fanatic too?
1: No, no, no. No, she does what she does. She 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 does orange theory and she'll do she's got some she's had some back issues for the last couple of oh. years. She's in the midst of you getting injections and doing a goscue. I don't know if you're familiar with a goscue or not. No, what is that? Egoscue is a physical therapy sequence that changes day to day. It just helps alignment. It helps uh, symmetry from right side to left side. You know, it's just an incredible, it's been around forever. Uh, Lee Trevino and Jack Nicholas, all these early golfers.
0: Yeah. Investing
1: in Egoscue to help improve their golf swing as they got older. And it's, it's a godsend for a lot of people, but it's still, they don't have a huge media thing where they're trying to sell that to anybody. They, oh, actually, this uh, Goscue, um coach is, is speaking at Paragon, which I think is going to blow people's minds. Um, that is that is uh, Saturday and then Sunday. So I schedule seven days a week, but I'll skip one or two, you know what I mean? It, it's always five, sometimes it's six, and it's rarely seven. Because if you schedule five, you'll probably only do three, you know what I mean, or four. Yeah. But if you schedule seven, the goal is you look at your calendar and at the end of the month, you should have 22 workouts. If you don't, you might have sold yourself short. Fifteen is fifteen. Fifteen on is fifteen days off. So it's like throwing yourself down a set of stairs and you get sore, but nothing really happens. You know, um, the idea here is to be consistent like we do with breathing and eating and and walking and seeing and work, you know, all the survival things. But you want your thrive
0: things. I'll give you a day off to thrive. So one day off, but 22. So in your brain, in your, in your mind, 22 days of working out, 15 is kind of like you're, you're doing it, but you should kind of push for a little bit. more. Oh, you're just,
1: you're never going to get, you're never going to get what you want. You're never going to get as soon as you want. You're never going to get as strong as you want. You're never going to get as flexible. There will be improvements, right? I mean, you know, you don't have to read a a book 10 times to, to absorb it, but you probably know get a lot more out of the book if you did. You know what I mean? So you want to just do things often. Like, Tony, how how about
0: inju- oh, But wait, how about how about injury, like everything you're saying, like, as you get older, this is what's amazing to me when you're talking, you're doing days of work, you're doing work that, like, do you have zero injuries, like no knee problem? I have, no.
1: Plantar- I have plantar fasciitis now, first time I've had that in 10 years, which is...
0: But that's not even serious. Yeah, you, you know, it, you have to kind of
1: like yesterday's uh, jump and rope was a problem running in the treadmill, was a problem. Yeah, I could kind of get my, so then I just would ice it up and roll it out and all that kind of thing. You know, uh, first of all, variety is the key, right? You don't do leg two, you don't do legs two days in a row. You don't do upper body two days in a row. Like look at the sequence. Sunday is yeah. upper body. Mo- Monday is lower body cardio. Uh, um, Tuesday is we're back to upper body. So I've had, I've had 24 hours to let that heal and then plyo lower body. And then chest and back Upper body um, Friday, balls and boxes. Lower body yoga recovery. Right, it's it's everywhere, and you can make it as hard or easy as you want. And then um, and then Sunday we're back to upper body. So so and then you you also don't have to you don't have to hit a home run every time. I hey man I like last Tuesday, energy was really low. I shot twenty five workouts in two weeks, and when Tuesday rolled around, I was just just aching. I was like ah you know, no, no real injuries, just, just, just fatigued and, and sore and tired. So I just lower the re- weights up the reps, took it really easy. You know what I mean? So it's called active recovery, right? You yeah. know, go for a bike ride. If you're wasted, go for a bike ride or or do a 20 minute stretch or do a little, do yoga first thing on, on when you get up, jump out of bed. Not everything has to be a, you know, has to, you have not winning the Olympics every time you work out. It's not, it doesn't have to be that. And but you're
0: doing real, you're doing real like muscle confusion. Like you're doing you really are doing everything.
1: Because I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to get bored, and I don't want to plateau. And most people stop doing what they're doing because they get hurt and because they plateau and because they get bored. So Today, I said, I turned to Scott, the one guy who showed up this morning. I said, dude, I'm making this thing up. What are we going to do? Let's let's get the bars. Let's put our feet up on a thing. Let's do this. I want to feel this. I want to feel this. So let me, I've done a version. I've done pipe presses and I go, let's just screw around here. And I go, do you feel that? He goes, oh my God. Yeah. I go, then we're in the right body position. Like we had to adjust our feet a couple inches in both directions. Like instead of going down like this, we had to kind of, we had to make sure that it was an actual push up. Mm-hmm. For the weight of the, because of our butt in the air, I'm just playing, right? I'm just playing with it, with stuff. I'm not like, okay, there's the move, let's do the move. There's the move again, let's do it like same. it was like last week, the week before that, the week before that. No, man. You know what I mean? Like the the, the Sunday thing, that like my buddy hadn't been here in months. He goes, the first move is 25 foot rope and max pull ups and then down. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know why? Because we can. Because we can. He goes, oh my god, you're making this thing so scary. One move is you go off a pegboard which takes you to about 12 feet off the ground. Then you climb a beam that basically uh, with your arms, you could use your legs if you need them, all the way to the top of a 17 foot rope. There's a bell up there, but the bell isn't near the rope. You have to extend out and hit the bell. Then you come back to the rope, you go down the rope, then you go back up the rope and oh yeah, you gotta ring the bell again. Then you're gonna go back down the beam and then the pegs are where you left them. And then you bring them all the way to the opposite corner. Then you have to reach up with one arm, Grab the pull-up bar, but it's not a pull-up bar. It's these little handily things that twist, and then you do max pull-ups. There you go.
0: Do you have women in the Sunday? Because women's yes. upper body strength would not be able to do it. Very, very few women can do that Sunday. Day. I
1: have, I have a, uh, this girl, Deb, who's a mixed martial artist, who's just right. Yes, five foot two. She's a friggin' she. She did our my MMA routine, didn't sweat a bead. One hour, not a bead came out of her. The guy next to us, Chris Titus, like he had, he was, he was, uh, like swimming, but wetter. Oh my God. That's a contrast. All right. And then our friend Chelsea, who's a former gymnast and, and, and cheerleader, just, you know, she's just some, right. Like it's just, she's like this table everywhere. And that's and then other people just come and suffer and and do partial and and if you if you got the right mindset, which is I'm okay with that, I'm okay with just hanging and being here and watching and learning. And they're like Andrew, overweight character actor. He ain't watching and learning anymore. He's teaching lessons. So
0: that's amazing. I mean, uh, so what? So you don't? Though, not not Sunday. Everything else you said Wednesday you do five thirty or all the other workouts at night, morning. Like, what is the
1: I, I, I vary it based on my schedule, and then people. So it's come, based
0: on your schedule. So you don't the have schedule. like a kooky morning routine.
1: No, 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 man. I mean, ideally, I, in a perfect world, get up, have a snack, whatever, chill out, watch some TV, read a book, work out at eleven a.m., have another meal, have another shake, go to bed early, drink some water. That's not the real world. The real world is, oh, I got to get my ass up and go to work. But Tony's having a workout at 7.30. Either I go or I don't. And then, oh, now his next workout's at 5.30 p.m. But then that's when he's having it based on his schedule. So I either show up or I don't. And, and that's just life, right? So when's the most ideal? People say, when's the most ideal time to work out? The time that you know that you'll show up. That's the most ideal time. Because if you don't have a job and you're rich, then whatever you want to do. You know what I mean? But right. The rest of us, they got to live in the world and you got to figure it out and you got to do it five to six days a week and that's not going to make it harder for you because, you know, the Kathy got up at the crack of dawn in the dark and did it in the dark and fed her kids, kids off to work and then she went to work and she go she had to go to work on a, in a bus they have a car. So, Work out at 430 I O in Minnesota. It's freaking 49 degrees down there. And they're gonna get, oh kids gotta get up. I just did plyo for an hour and get you up. And I'm also five foot nothing and I'm overweight, but I'm gonna freaking do it again and again and
0: again and again and again.
1: So what's your excuse, whoever you are out there with your baloney excuse? So
0: I agree with that. Now that now that you're rich though, what is your habits? Like what do you do now with all that P90 money? What is your what do you do from morning until night? What are your habits to look like that to be like that? We know you work out. That schedule is insane and I now it makes sense. That's why you're so ripped though still because you truly are like doing everything in that week. But then wait, how long are you working out? So besides the Sunday, is everything else like an hour, 2 hours? I know Monday you have that hour cardio. I, I, I look,
1: it's Jennifer, correct? Jennifer?
0: Yes, it is Jennifer. Jennifer.
1: Um, it's not Jen. I don't want to call you by the wrong You can
0: call me either. I don't care. Jay,
1: Jay Queen. What can That's I call you? That's fine. That's
0: perfect. I love it. Yes.
1: Jay Queen. The J Queen. That's, yeah. right. That's your new nickname, by the way.
0: Thank Bill you.
1: letterhead. It's going to be right there. I love it. Um, they take, they take as long as they take, depending on, you know, I always give myself a couple hours, except for Sunday where I give myself four, but those usually usually come in around three and a half, give or take, unless there's a big crew and then it's, you know, we start at nine, 10, 11. 12 one people start going home at one yeah 9 10 11 12. yeah it's they're four hours they're never not they're never three and a half who am i kidding um they're four Are hours. You
0: serving <laughs> snacks or like yeah i
1: have a snack basket <laughs> oh, was, do? And i usually do. have three different kind of snacks and we usually take the midpoint like the eighth set we usually, we usually like a friend of mine's making these things called um his last name is morgan so mo they call them monads which we think is not a good name
0: not the greatest no. name
1: or Mobites or mo bars or we're trying to come up with something
0: for them okay you
1: know, they just basic some complex carbs little, some chocolate chips and and some rolled oats and, and a little bit of protein powder and they makes it makes it look like, look like little mini hockey pucks or i just have like a vega bar in there and some some uh, mixed seeds depending on what people want and yeah people are sipping and they've got you know they got electrolytes and they've got whatever they got in their little containers um I usually once I do, I do a massive shake first thing on the Sunday morning. It's it's a th- it's 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 bigger than that. It's bigger than that. It's like what do you put in your shake? I want to know every. Frozen, I want to know every habit, every daily habit. frozen blueberries, raw organic pecans, raw organic walnuts, baby kale, baby spinach, enough ice cubes to make it frothy like a milkshake. Uh, my brand new Power Life plant-based chocolate protein. Powder with HMB and vitamin D. Um, another product of mine, uh, Power Life, called Foundation Four, which is a which is probiotics, prebiotics, two servings of vegetables, sun fiber, and a lot of magnesium. Boom, gut health, gorgeous. Um, oh, that was
0: good. Pa- it's called Power Life.
1: A Power Life, woman, step out. and you can if you go to Power, go to mypowerlife.com. And anybody who's listening and including yourself, 30% off if you put in the code TONY30, which will save you some bread. And you also save money when you buy more than one. Um, um, but if you come here to the house, I might have one for you. So That's good. nice. Are you, are
0: you inviting everybody or just me?
1: No, golly, no. <laughs> i got a big, pretty big backyard, but not that big.
0: Uh,
1: and then, uh, yeah, then I put all that in. And then I put uh, um, unsweetened organic vanilla flaxseed milk. In there, and then gobble gobble, and now it goes. Yeah, flaxseed milk, huh? Yeah, organic, n- non-sweetened, unsweetened vanilla flaxseed milk. A lot of people have problems with 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 uh, oat milk, and they have problems with almond milk, and and I did, and I don't have problems with this one. So I mean, I'm vegan, no, and also no wheat, no soy, no corn, no dairy. Now wheat, soy, corn, and dairy. Are vegan ingredients, but not for me. So that's all based on all the blood work. I get blood work every six months. Nine to twelve vials come straight out of the out of the vein, and then I get sit down with my endocrinologist, nutritionist, either via via Zoom or on the phone, and go, "Well, here's your number. Here's your cholesterol. Here's your hormones. Here's your estrogen. Here's your testosterone. Here's your free testosterone. Here's your vitamin D. Here's your vitamin K, all the way through." And she goes, "Ah, you know what? You might want to up your your um." omegas a little here and you might want to, I think you're taking too much D or you want to, you know, so every month we just alter it. And I think that a lot of it has to do with, it's about inflammation, man. It's about mm-hmm. it. So you're just trying to keep that down. And, and with a plant-based diet, you know, no bags under the eyes, nothing pretty good. Those for my glasses. You know what I mean? It's just that inflammation is bad. Obese people live with constant inflammation from their hair to their toenails, twenty-four-seven, and somehow they survive. And that's the, when you get rid of that inflammation in your joints, in your brain, in your in your spine, in your knees, in your joints. You know, it's not. It's like it's a it's magic. It's a miracle almost. But you have to know what you had to. You have to know what to do. Which means you got to cut out all the crap you've been eating and start to move again, or for the first time. And then you got to get rid of your crappy friends, and you have to learn how to breathe.
0: And, uh, and the breathing but wait then for recovery then okay so what are your things that you do for recovery and for your food so the power life protein is what you do in the, in the morning what do you have for like what do you eat throughout the day if it's vegan um what are you eating and what do you do like are you doing like the infrared sauna are you doing red light are you doing like walking on the on the grass for your feet like what do you
1: what's your i have an infrared sauna so i use that as part of my recovery which was a lovely gift from, from, uh, uh, sun.
0: The oh, sunlighten.
1: Sunlighten. Thank you. Yes. Sunlighten if anybody's watching. It's gold. They have different sizes, different colors and shapes. Beautiful. There's TV in there and there's internet in there. You can, you know, it's pretty, you have
0: a TV in your, in your infrared. Yeah, it <laughs> comes,
1: comes with it. it. comes with a little screen. Um, I
0: have a clear light, which I thought was a really good one. And I don't have a TV in mine. Um, The
1: sun, Sunlight and you got TV in there. It's, little, it's like, it's like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, watch videos and listen to, you know, uh, Pandora or your own playlist, or whatever. It's kind of nice in there. And there's different kinds of lights that you can do in there. That, you know, there's red light that does something and whatever. So I have that. I foam roll. I foam rolled last night. I have a little sciatic and I have three different Theraguns. So,
0: um, uh, do you have a Hypervolt? Do you use
1: Hypervolt? I, I, I have a Theragun and there's a new company called Fours, F-O-R-S. And it's compact. Which is nice. It travels really well. It also has a hot and cold option. It has a, and it changes almost instantly by pressing a button. It, it doesn't get hot, hot. You don't want to burn yourself. It doesn't right. get cold, cold. You don't want to freeze, you know, but it's, 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 it's literally next level, right? Theragun's cool. The other brand you're talking about is cool. But you know, the original Theragun is like, bang, 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 bang. Anyway, Bill, I want to. Can you turn off your Theragun?
0: For God's sakes, it sounds like a jackhammer. It's, now, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And it's like moves like that, too. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. The Theragun, though, has the, the, the new Pro, quiet, multiple options on it, multiple. Yeah, it's really, you know, it's, it's evolved like a lot of other things evolved. So um, originally, it was just a jigsaw. Yeah, it was crazy. You could literally put a different thing. I could cut some wood with this original one. Um, Exactly. That's automatic. Uh, um, The breathing techniques are really important. Um, You know, I go for bike rides. That's my mindfulness practice. I go for a little like mellow walk run in my my, uh, trails behind my house. Uh, Epsom salt baths are critical whenever I'm really needing that. Uh, We happen to have a jacuzzi tub, which is kind of nice, nice big old one. So I put in two cups of whatever kind of Epsom salts. I want to put in there and I hang out in there and I play some music. I turn the lights off and I just chill. That's really important. And sleep. I get really great. I'm a mouth taper now. Um, If you're not familiar with what that is, you read James Nesser's book and you go, what? Breathing through your mouth is about one of the worst things you can do. You ever see people like driving and they look over and (laughs) Uh, that's all they do. Like this thing, you might have to cut it off because no, you're not using (laughs) it. That is for eating. This is for breathing. So I tape at night. I use medical tape every night to keep my mouth closed.
0: But why? What's the benefit? What does it do? Like,
1: what are the um, Well, it, it's a higher quality of oxygen that you're using. You're using your, the filtration and all these amazing, there's millions of these little filters through the nose. And sometimes people's nose are just shut down. They stop working. And so it's for, it's for uh, um, when you breathe through your mouth, the dirt, the bacteria, the disease, the viruses go straight to your lungs. When you breathe through your nose, it gets filtered, and it actually goes into your stomach. And when it goes into your stomach, the su- stomach acids kill all that crap. Right, mouth, oh. lungs, nose, stomach. It's science. It's amazing. So there was a guy who wrote. He did it in James Nestor's book. He talks about this this guy back in the mid 1800s who wanted who was a, a, a government portrait painter, very talented, very talented lawyer, but he just figured before we murdered all the all the native Indians that we should go meet all these people and learn a thing or two from them because he had a sense that they had knowledge that the white man didn't have. None of them were mouth breathers and there was this one tribe in the Midwest called the McCann tribe. All six foot, men and women, blue eyes, blonde hair, Indians, and breathing through your mouth was a was almost a sin. Like they would wrap their children's mouths at at, the, at birth and force them to use their noses. They didn't even like to smile or laugh because of the because of the intake of like 1800 Indian tribe wow. the McCanns. So that was just one of many studies. Um, and in 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 Nestor talks about breathing patterns. I mean, there's meditation, but there's breathing patterns that give people benefit without prayer, without meditation, just just one of the ones that I practice regularly, I got out of this book that's helped me tremendously. I do it every night before I go to bed and I am out cold in the midst of it every time. It's called it's 5.5 breathing. So it's a 5.5 second inhalation. No pause at the top, 5.5 exhalation. So it's easy to exhale in five or six seconds, but to inhale, one 1,000, two 1,000, three 1,000. Usually most people are full at 3,000. Then you have to... Right. So it takes some time. Usually you can do three and three, then you get to four and four. And I do that at night. And man, I literally, before I wake up and pee or, you know, I have some crazy dreams or like usually when most people go to bed, traffic family, kid got a tattoo on his earlobe. What the heck? You know, my boss is an asshole that you're like, you're you're doing this. You can't shut it off. You can't, it's, it's pre-dreaming, you know, where you're just like, shut it off. So this, this technique, kind of prevents you because you're focusing on one, two, three, four, five. And then, you know, it doesn't work for everybody right away, but it started working for me like the second night, you know, and, uh, and that's part of my recovery. That is, it's a huge part of my recovery, my breathing techniques. And before mouth, nose, who cares? You breathe. Are you moving on? Uh, what you know, Like, so why, why does there need to be so much specificity when it comes to breathing? Well, right. if, if you're willing to learn and grow from scientists and stuff who study this stuff, because that's all they care about. And you practice what, they tell you, then you might notice a mild upgrade in the lack of pain and energy. Because most people who are struggling, really it's two things. It's pain and fatigue. It's pain and fatigue. Take away your pain, take away your fatigue, what do you got? You got all the energy and mobility that you need to go out into the world and train hard and live large and, and go heli ski and rock climb and learn stuff and horseback ride and, 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 and have a look back at your life and go, I did all those things. But if I had pain, most people, most Americans, because they're so inflamed and they're, they're so stressed out, it's all pain and fatigue. Right? So, yeah. So.
0: That's what you're doing. The the breathing through your, so you tape, how long have you been taping your mouth and what have you seen as an improvement?
1: For three, um, my, my, um, so here's the thing about the McCann tribe. Yeah. Uh, Usually what happens to people is they have collapsed palates. When you're a mouth breather, your palate like if you look at your palate it's like this inside right theirs is like that right and um um which i don't i'm not quite i can't quite remember why that why? is why i was gonna say so how's that? My, my, the, my um my i don't have bad breath at all anymore which is kind of Fun. unless if you I, have bad breath before occasionally occasionally because when your mouth breather all right i mean you're just drying out your throat you're drying out your lungs you're drying out your gums and you're just like your spiders in your mouth there's no more spiders in my mouth Like, you, you, like you well like, like 30 spiders a year you don't even know it right Most you people. do yeah spiders like, oh, and they're just in there and they're in your throat i don't want spiders i don't want any more spiders in my mouth um i don't know if that's necessarily true it depends on your climate you know, whatever.
0: But um, yeah, but hold on. But the, is the it? Man you
1: pulling have- your spiders outside. I don't know.
0: Wait, did you have sleep apnea? Is this to to, to help this? I went I, I went
1: through, I went through a, steep, a sleep study, and I have I had mild sleep apnea. Mm. Now all the doctors and King's horses and all the King's men said that mouth and tape in your mouth is not going to help your sleep apnea go away. Whatever. All I know is I sleep like a baby, and I have tons of energy all day, most days. Not always. Sometimes I'm beat up, but that's whatever. Um, but yeah, so there's that. I'm, I'm no, there's so many weird things. Like the quality of my skin has improved a little bit, like just mild. Like I used to have really patchy red spots. It is, I mean, you. It's it's breath and water. Before you start putting food in your mouth, the quality of every cell in your body starts with the quality of air and the quality of the water and how much of those two things you're getting. That's really how you right. like if you're uh, you're out, you're stranded, you're on an island and you can't you haven't found a wild boar to kill yet or you don't know if those berries are going to kill you or not. You have you have you survive based on breathing and water. That's the basics. And if you're if your basics are crap, right, you live you're living near Fukushima or 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 Chernobyl. Yeah. You know. All right. So we have genetics, which we talked about initially. Then you have behavior and you have environment. All right. So your environment is kind of really, you know, and your environment is external forces and internal and your reaction, those internal reactions to external forces. Right. So bad people, bad air, bad water, bad boss, lots of arguing. Right. That's your environment. All right. And then your behavior is fitness and, and, and food. That's your behavior and, and how you treat people. Obviously, you know, uh, bad environment, bad, bad behavior. And you add stress, whatever your, your inability to be able to, you know, that's how wars are started because like, Oh, well, okay. Yeah. I don't want, I don't necessarily want your stuff and you don't want my stuff. So we don't need to go to war and kill tens of thousands of people because you like what I have and I like what you have. And I want that. You know what I mean? Like, all right, why don't we see if we can live together. Let's try that. Can I borrow, you know, a basket and I'll, I'll I'll let you lend, you can have my bowling ball. Let's work together. I don't know why I just pulled that out of my ass, but you know (laughs) what I'm saying? So, so the thing is, it's like, we, we, we just have to learn how to, there's a lot of steps here. Like I've covered a lot of ground, right? There's a lot of things that you need to do, but, but, um, if you're willing to grow and you're willing to transform and you're willing to change and you're unhappy with where you are, then you gotta do something, right? I mean, you have to take some kind of, some kind of an action. So if you get your environment under control and you get your behavior in such a place, then you can literally change your, your genetics in your lifetime. You, can change. And what if you, you don't have what to wait for you, your kids and your grandkids. No, your genetics will change. Jack Elaine's dad died at 50 based on his genetics, his behavior, and the environment that he was in. Jack lived to be 96, almost doubled his father's age because he did different stuff, right? My right. father died at 80. My mother died at 72. Um, you know, the circumstances in which my dad died were – we don't know, but my mother had ca- had cancer and Parkinson's, but they were they were they had life is hard. You understand? It's a battle out there. People are out to get you. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a dog eat dog world. That's that's really does it have to be? Yeah, yeah. You got yeah. You don't have, you don't have to like your work. But you got you got responsibilities. Rawr, rawr, rawr. Really? No, I ain't gonna do that. I don't want to be a salesman. I don't want to be an engineer. I don't want to. I don't want to. I want to do what I want to do. You know what I mean? And so, uh, you know, what is your what is your raison d'être? Most people have no idea. They're doing something else. They're doing something their parents told them to do, or they're doing something else. That you know what I mean? Like I, what I talk about a lot is, you have your job, and let's say your job sucks. Then you better find something else that you love that 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 is counter to this this bad mojo over here, right? All right. So, and then there's a great story of a guy who was an accountant He was good with numbers and he had a family and kids and he would get go to work every day and get in traffic and go to work and he'd be in his cubicle with his fake little palm tree in the corner, staring at four walls. There were no windows where he crunching numbers and he was good. And he had co-workers that were fine, but he was always at the bike shop on Saturdays and Sundays. Honey, I'm going to go over to, to Tommy's bike shop. All right, all right. So you're only really fine. He'd be over there and then customers would go, hey, do you work here? No, but I can help you. Oh, really? I need a gam strain and a gangler wrench to fix my fork thing slaggle. Oh, yeah, let me tell you what to do. You want you want this brand over here. And then the manager's like, dude, you want to work here because you're here anyway. And you want to work it. And so he goes back to his wife. His wife was cool. Hey, honey, can I work at the because it's he's gonna pay me and maybe then, then he worked Saturdays first, then he worked Saturdays and Sundays, and he did he made plans to hang out with his kids and not disappear down the road, but he got discounts on bikes The family like that. And then uh, he became the assistant manager. And then the manager, and five years later, he owned the place. So had the, he had the job that he was good at, hated it, got into this hobby thing that he loved. Five years later, he owned the bike shop and was making 10 times what he was making as an account.
0: Because he was following what he, he was actually he doing what he loved.
1: His raison d'etre, his reason for being, right? And most people, and like, here, what what's the great, here's the great... Book here. Anything? Re, go read the Magic Lamp. If you don't know who the hell you are, go read the Magic Lamp. I'm trying to think of the author. All of a sudden, why the was,
0: Magic Lamp?
1: The Magic Lamp. Oh, here it is. Keith Ellis. Keith Ellis. Right, and it says goal setting for people who hate setting goals. But really, it really like a lot of notes in here, right? So, and I underline.
0: How um, old is that book? I'm actually going to who. Is that guy still alive? I want to get him on the uh, podcast. Get him on the podcast, man. Yeah.
1: This Wait. is uh, 1998.
0: 1998.
1: What's
0: Who's? What's his name? The guy who
1: wrote it. I'm sorry. 96, 98. Keith Ellis. Tell him Tony Horton
0: sent, sent him. I will. I'm going to say Tony Horton recommended you. So one
1: of and- one of the one of the cool things about the book is, like, let's say you don't know who you're supposed to be or what you're supposed to do. I don't know if it's 10 or 20. You write down 10 things or 20 things you would love to be. Like, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be the president of the United States. Like, I want to be a movie star. All right? And and those 10 things, if they were handed to you, like, boom. Right? Then you make another list of all the things that you'd want to be if you were willing to work your ass to get there. All right? So this is this is something for nothing, and this is something based on your hard work. And then you've got one, one and one, two and two, three and three, all the way down. And then you go. You have to pit one and one, astronaut, comedian. You got to cross one of them out. Okay, comedian. Then two and two, and you cross them out. And then you got two new lists. And you put them up, right? And then the list gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And it turns out you already know what you're supposed to do. You're just not doing it. You've already written it down. And then if that, if you're not happy with the answer, like, you know, sanitation worker, huh? That's weird. You do it again. And if the same two or three or four things keep popping up, that's what you're supposed to be doing now you got to go all the places and the things that you got to go to go do you know stamp collector well maybe you're supposed to own a stamp collection store but it's you know sometimes you get to the list and you go well that's not feasible that's not even a thing anymore you know what i mean um maybe you can make
0: it you can make it a thing make it your thing you know what i mean wait was that that's a great teaser too i'm gonna have two great teasers now um is that in the book, the magic lamp? What you just said, or is that your thing? Those two lists. That's in the book. That's in the book. That's a really great. That's a great one. That's a great idea for people. I have
1: not had an original thought since the day I was born. Everything, it's <laughs> just a Tony Horton version of something I've already ripped off. P ninety x ripped that off. I mean, the push up. I ripped it off. I didn't. I didn't invent the push up. But there you was. No, I was not the first. Um, But I did what I was able to do. The only thing I did was I took moves and I altered them and and combined things. And I sequenced things differently than had ever been sequenced before. And I put that workout on day one and that one on day two with the altered names and sequences and moves. Right. Like the the Kempo. Nobody ever came up with that sequence of punches and kicks before. That was my doing. I learned, okay, that's a jab, that's a cross, that's a hook, that's an uppercut. Okay, well, what else can we do? Let's, you know, how about a vertical punch? How about a claw? How about, you know what I mean? Let's just.
0: That's true. You, have, you, you, did, you did one move I've never seen to this day that I've never seen anyone else do, which is very strange. Maybe I just because I'm just like, I was myopic, but. You did this like tricep move where you put your arm one down, I rise try. Right? And you get you do an up you do a tricep push up with one arm, but for your but you Yes. Yeah. It's great. Did you make that up?
1: Maybe. Maybe not.
0: Oh damn it. I thought you did. By the way,
1: this is before the internet. So it wasn't like I could just Google.
0: Oh, so I maybe, know.
1: Yeah. So did yeah, you make I, it up
0: or did you steal it from I, like Chuck? I don't I don't remember
1: I honestly I don't remember if
0: I, did I mean, I bet you've never even done peanut I bet you did it and you just like you know like pieced out like you just never did it ever again, and now all these people are doing it over and over again for all these years you did it you 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 kind of created it, you taped it, and then you kind of just moved on to the next pro pro like thing
1: kind of yes, yeah, yeah I mean uh. I, I think I maybe I've seen all. I'm just checking my schedule to make sure I don't have anything after. You I
0: know already. I'm talking to. I'm going on and on with you as if like you have nothing else to do, nor I. I you by know. the way,
1: I don't have anything. Go six p.m., woman. I don't. Oh know gonna, who, I don't know who's going to watch a two-hour podcast with me. This is like you a, know, the, the, <laughs> a lot score of people. It. Is is Scorsese going to score this thing? Because is <laughs> only way anyone's going to watch this.
0: Um, First of all, could I tell you something? I've had a few other ones that are too. Uh, I did one with Nikki Glaser. Do you know who she is? She's a comedian. Sure, sure, sure. Go
1: ahead, Nikki and, Glaser. She what, is the snizzle. Can she and I be best friends? I'll oh, tell my God, her.
0: she's freaking hilarious. So she, she and I, I went, went on. And, and, what? Funnier than me. I don't <laughs> know. She's different funny. She's a different funny. She's she's a hilarious girl, though. I will tell you. For sure. Her, her and I went on for like it was a like good. It was almost like we were going on three hours at that point. We were like, okay, you know what? Like this is like Joe Rogan next level. Okay. Like we, I I have to, so I think I shut it off at like 225 or 230, but.
1: 156 right now. I'm taking her down. (laughs) What else do you want to know? Boxers or briefs? What's your prescription?
0: You know, well, I don't know. Okay, fine. So boxers or briefs. I'm going to go down there. Like, which one is it? Boxers or briefs? briefs. Who the hell? I can't fly around like that. I don't know. I'm asking. Okay, let's go into supplements. You haven't told me any. I know power life. I know power for what are you? Do you have a supplement line? Do you take supplements? Tell me all that stuff.
1: Well, the supplement line is called power life. So everything's power life. Everything's power life, depending on the actual product aka skew. So there's two proteins, there's plant and and um, whey, and there's chocolate and vanilla, basic, there you go. There's the foundation for which I talked about. There's yep, a
0: yep, got that.
1: product called endurance, which is something that you would take every day, first thing with your first meal. Uh, there's a performance, which is a super low caffeinated time, caffeinated time release, um, giddy up, you know, before your workout, kind of thing, but it's not like a lot of them where you just your hands are shaking. You know what I mean? It's just sort of a, you know, it's just something to kind, of, and it's got a lot of other properties in it that that are actually really good for you, good for your your um, immune system and stuff like that. It's and not, you
0: take all of this,
1: all of them, all of them. Um, there's another one called Peak Performance, which I'm a real fan of too. Which is, um, you know, it just it's a little, it's got a couple extra ingredients to help the performance work better, right? Because you can't sometimes you can make something you make something a powder. But what's in the pill won't go in the powder because it won't – it'll expire in 20 minutes or something. You know what I mean? So you have to like take – a
0: pre-workout, you mean?
1: Like a pre-workout? Performance I take with my peak performance, which is the pill, and just the performance powder. So they, they go together. Um, um, and then there's, uh, there's one for digestion. There's one for gut health. Um, what else is there? And then we're developing new products. One's a nighttime protein powder, which I'm the guinea pig for right now which might be another reason why I'm sleeping so well. So um, um, uh, yeah, there's some, maybe some a little bit of tryptophan in there or something. I'm not quite sure.
0: Okay, so do you drink coffee? Do you like no, coffee? No
1: coffee. Uh, no, I never I never drank it. I don't know why I never got into that groove and I never drank it. I'll have a cup like once in a while and think, God, this is, this stuff's awesome, but.
0: But um, you don't drink it?
1: I don't drink it, no, no.
0: How about pre- so you actually do take a pre-workout to do your workouts? Sometimes, depending on the workout,
1: yeah, I don't, I don't like automatic with it because it feels like, uh oh. But the the one that we designed, we designed for me, which is super subtle. It has a lot of really super health properties in it, so it's nutritious. It's not just a caffeine loaded uh, pineapple punch flavored crap. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like just like, like a
1: CVS or something like
0: that. Right, right, right. Okay, how about um, okay so. Do you eat breakfast? Are you like an intermittent fasting guy or do you actually eat three meals? Does it matter what time you eat?
1: It's funny because you asked that earlier and I, I went off on a tangent. So I'm going to try to stick to the answer
0: now. Um, I know. I did ask that. You remember that I asked that. I, I,
1: I, 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 started, I started talking about, you know, tendon inflammation. I don't
0: know where I went. No, no, You started talking about your hair. I think that it's like you're, you, you always had like your pair. You always had genetics for your hair to be dark and you only did a couple lasers on your face, but you never did anything else
1: yep awesome. <laughs> um great let's 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 bring that up again like oh <laughs> face
0: what well, believe me if i could look like you, i mean the fact that you look like this at 63 years old i honestly like i keep on glancing at myself in the other on the other side of the screen and i'm like oh my god i literally I, look I, older I, than this I, guy. I don't know how old you are but you look 30 i love you tony Eight thirty. Okay. I love you. And now we're going to be BFFs. Can we, we be friends after this?
1: Uh, probably. But, no,
0: I'm like, sir. Now you're,
1: you are on triple secret probation. Don't forget that. And you always will be until I get to know you well enough. And then you got on the double and then the single, and then eventually you get off probation. And then we keep you around for the rest of our lives.
0: Uh, get back to what you eat. So you have?
1: First thing in the morning, just a big handful of M&Ms right out of the box. Just that extra <laughs> chocolate. Love that. Wake up, feeling good. Lots of energy.
0: Okay, perfect. And, uh, then
1: I'll probably do a, I'll probably do a line, a couple lines <laughs> whatever I need, and then I'll just get into the triple cheese chimichangas, like around ten thirty, and then, uh, and then I won't eat for three days. Uh, I usually vomit for a couple, and then I move Great. on to cheeseburgers. Uh, I do a shake like that one yeah. I described uh, before a workout. Before a workout, something super light, like the pre-workout, maybe the foundation for. Boom, boom, and then just that's just to get something in me to kind of get me going. I'll even put some creatine if I'm doing some, bo- you know, body weight or, or weightlifting. Still doing the creatine, but I'm careful there. You know, that there's the cramping and the whatever, and the, my liver. My liver is an old liver. I don't want to overdo it there. So I just, you know, I'm not sure because most people are, are abusing things like creatine and other things like that. Yeah. So you know, no need to abuse it. Just use it. So um, that's pre-workout. But if I don't have a workout in the morning, I'll do the. Sh- I'll do that. So the shake. After the workout or the shake first thing, depending on whether I'm working out or not. And then my first meal is typical. Um, uh, there's a caveat to this whole thing, like around noon or one or whatever, I'm hungry. Uh, what I do is like because you're, you're on Westwood, I go to Air One or I have my assistant go to Air One and get every vegetable in the deli. Fresh, bang, just fill two containers. That'll last me a couple days. And then I'll do some um, Beyond Meat spicy breakfast patties. So I take X amount of vegetables, right? And one or two or three breakfast patties and put it in the air fryer. Boom. This is just one option. Right. And so air fry, beautiful, a little bit of crisp to them. And so it's all it's broccolini and it's it's cauliflower and it's string beans and snow peas and and whatever else vegetables that we can get going in there. Um, and then I and then I'll chop them all up with because so I put them all in the air fryer, pull it all out, chop it all up, eat it. Big bowl, big ass bowl. There's a there's a great company. Uh, that, um, uh, the company started by, uh, what, what is this? Uh, oh, my God. I got eight thoughts at once. They're all colliding, and there's no words coming out. So there's a company called Fire Road, and Fire Road is a plant-based home delivery food service. And I've tried them all, and, man, they're okay initially. Then they get kind of boring because they don't really change them up very often but, but fire, the quality of fire roads food is so good. I can eat the same meals over and over and over again. And the guy who created, um, beyond Meat uh, his name is Ethan, I believe. And his brother, David, uh, is sort of the founder and CEO of, of, uh, fire road and Brendan Brazier, who's the creator of Vega is friendly with both these guys. And I remember when, when, uh, when Ethan showed up here and, and Brendan said, Hey, you got to meet this guy. He's creating this fake meat. I'm like, Oh, well, you should invest. And I didn't. That was one mistake I made. Yeah. Uh, but I thought, "Uh Oh, I like David's idea. I like, I like, uh, I like fire road. And that's how I, I kind of go back and forth between, you know, fire roads, meals and, and what, whatever comes out of, uh, uh, out of the, out of air one. Uh, and my wife, Sean is an amazing cook. She makes all kinds of Vegan gumbo's and soups and stews and and meals for me that are just amazing, you know. So between those three sources, uh, so typically it's a shake before or after a meal. It's a big vegan meal. It's a second vegan meal, and then another shake at night, not right before I go to bed, but like ninety minutes to a, to an hour at the latest before I go to bed. Um, and those are all so power life, before, you know, in the morning and at night, and then just plant. And then I'll do fruit and seeds and nuts and. Pumpkin seeds and pistachios and whatever just something to you know fill in the gap. One of my favorite things in the world, which will be your new favorite thing to do. Gluten-free um muffins. And we get them out of this place out of Utah. They ship them out of this, like oh, that's a mom and pop shop, and they make these gluten-free muffins, right? So cut them in half, throw them in the toaster, come out of the toaster, and we found this vegan pesto. So there's no cheese. But vegan pesto, when you put that on the muffin, and then I slice a p- a avocado on top of that, and then I put some hot peppers on top of that, and they're like two little vegan avocado pepper pizzas, right? Toasted, put it all on, wham, wham. That's a favorite mid-afternoon yumathon. Oh, crunchy! Oh, that sounds good. Crunchy. The pesto and the avocado. Forget about it. Forget. And then that with the peppers, I kind of like. Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And it's really red on the top, and oh, the eyes light up, and the cheeks light up, and it's good for my skin. And it's yummy, man. And I don't know how many calories that is. It's probably three hundred and fifty calories, 400 calories or something. Maybe maybe more than that. But you know, when you train every day, you can kind of eat whatever you want. You
0: know, well, you can because you have a high. Like you're like you have all muscle on you. Number one, what I was gonna, what I find interesting and. You didn't like hormones are usually something when people are aging that they're, they become be kind of a little bit out of whack and that's why people start to lose more lean muscle mass and they're gaining more body fat. How have you kind of like negated that whole thing? Like, it seems like that never wasn't like an issue for you. What do you tell people who are kind of like becoming more like They're like now like in their, you know, they're aging, they're in their forties, fifties, whatever. And, you know, their bodies are just changing. They're still very active. They're still eating really well, but their bodies are kind of like becoming a little bit more soft, let's say. If
1: if you're like me and you've been training for 35 years and right. So it's, and you're always experimenting and you're pushing the envelope, but you're, you're doing all your recovery work. And you're trying to avoid the boredom, injuries, and plateaus that happen from doing the same things over and over again, expecting a different result. But if you're that person, then the demise is less obvious, and all, you can almost, especially now that I'm doing ninja courses and pegboards, and right, I'm I'm out of the gym and I'm doing more body weight, athletic, primary, secondary, yes. muscle, skill based, athletic stuff that really slows that down. But if you're if you've been kind of screwing around and you get into your 40s and 50s. And you're trying to start all over again. You have to work 10 times harder than I do to be able to get to where I am. You have to just like, okay. And this guy, Eric, who showed up at my house uh, last week, managed to pull that off. It took him 15 months to do. But, you know, here he is doing the power of four and doing all these really unique. I mean, there's because we had to try to keep people around. We had three month beta one provisional month three month beta two provisional provisional two three month beta three and now i've added a fourth while i shot the actual final program but over the course of these 18 months they got 43 routines not 12 not 18 not 25 they got 40 something so muscle outrageous confusion you know what i mean Mindf- mindset videos, cleaning out your pantry videos, you know, C- C- Shauna did cooking videos. I mean, we bombarded these folks with enough Intel that it was almost overwhelming, but, but they hung in there and it fluctuated between 1500 people and about 2200, but it's, it, it was around, you know, 17 to 2000 really mostly. And they just kept hung, hung in there. And that's what Eric did. Overweight, insecure scientist guy, Eating right, exercise, eating right, exercise, time, tick, 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 month one, month two, month three, keeps on going, going, boom, boom, shows at my house and kicks our ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you can spread it out over 35 years, but in 18 months, if you're laser beam focused, like for example, if you came here, uh, I don't know if I could stand you like every day of the week, but if you could, <laughs> do. but you know, if you came and did, lived in my world, you, you'd have a completely different perspective about what, what to do with yourself.
0: No, I mean, listen, I'm talking to you and I'm thinking, I I wonder if I can be your Guinea pig because as I'm saying, when I just, the question I asked you, it's like, you know, I, I, I think maybe like I'm still strong and I'm fit, but I'm not like as hardcore as I once was. Right. And it's because like, I'm so busy with life, you know, and I don't want to use that as an excuse, but hearing all these people, who are coming to your house i know it's like my violin I, I i know i know but that's why but what i'm saying is all these people andrew eric all these people who i feel the com the, the the common denominator is once they start training at your house regularly they've like kind of revamped themselves and they're like a whole new better version of themselves so well, eric- eric's
1: been here once Andrew comes here once a week and sometimes only two or tw- twice a month, but I just sent him off with, with the, with the Intel. and the proceed- Okay, sent me
0: off with Intel. Can I be a guinea pig of yours?
1: Yeah, go come here once in a while. Hang out with me. We'll talk. Once in a while. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like they all come here once in a while, you know, like there's a- <laughs>
0: don't you have like an <laughs> extra cot in a room?
1: Three dudes that are here often and, and they're here. And why are it only those three? Cause everybody else is great. But these are the three that I want around all the time because we're we're cursing and we're swearing and we're, we're violating every possible norm just we're just disgusting and we're farting and it's loud <laughs> and saying shit that you could never say in front of normal people you know what I mean right that's because that, I mean remember I, I was a stand-up comic I Sam Kennison was my guy I, I used to do a stand-up act that you cannot do now cannot be done now I would be I would like Lenny Bruce would go, whoa, bro! You, you shouldn't do that.
0: You I know? heard, I heard. You know what I heard? a long, this is years ago. I heard this. That uh, do you remember? You, I, I they were talking about. Actually, you are, and that other guy from Full House who looks like he's like very innocent. What's his name on the show on Full House?
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, the.
0: Uh, come on! Oh my god! Come on, man. Um. Uh, bye- Bob Saget. Yes. is like dirty as like, so dirty. And they're like, you would never believe it until you saw it yourself. Like, Oh, how can he be like, how can that guy Bob Saget? And I heard his shit and I was like, Oh my God. It was literally shocking.
1: I'm not Bob Saget bad, but I can, I'm, I'm Bob Saget adjacent. Can be.
0: No, I heard, listen, I remember what I heard long time ago, years ago, someone was like, you know, like Tony Horton, like you would you would die if you knew like with the shit he did before. Like he was a stand that's how they're like, he's a stand-up comic. He was like doing crazy shit before this. This is why he's good at what he does now. That's how I like made so I knew this connection back like what fifteen, ten years, whatever it was, years ago. And mm-hmm. I never saw your stuff. Like I actually before this interview, um, like yesterday and the day before, or whatever, I was googling around trying to find like some of your like bits. I couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm.
1: Not around. Can't find him.
0: That would be so doing, good. Though. Doing all that stuff
1: before people had had could walk. Could, yeah. If this if this was in the audience, I, my whole act would go go away. By the way, look at my dog. Look at that guy. Is that just a?
0: Squirrel? Oh, it's a very beautiful dog. Oh my
1: God, Charlie Bear. It's um, a very beautiful. dog. Yeah.
0: I mean, I did. I just.
1: I liked I liked Sam Kennison and I liked um, Richard Pryor, and I liked people who lived at the absolute edge of the envelope. You know what I mean? out like gobsmacking! Oh my God! Like, just makes words. I'm a huge fan of taking words and smashing them together and having them come out and see what people do when they hear those words. You know what I mean?
0: A hundred percent. But yeah, who, who do you- I'll
1: say some stuff and my friends will all just go, "Words," you know, because they're fun to. They're really fun to make a point And, and. So I can tone all that down and still have some fun and, and teach people how to get really fit and healthy and happy and that's and that you know you know like you look you read "Romancing the Shadow" um, Stephen Wolf's book where is that um, it's understanding who you are and that you're more than just one person and sometimes we, we we keep some people some version of us in the shadows but then we have to really honestly we know that's real because it's us right? There's this person that we portray to the world. Hey, golly, gosh, everything's great. Hey, how's the weather? How's the work? Terrific. How's the wife? Fantastic. The kids, everybody's doing great in school. But you know, all of that is bullshit. Because what's happening at home, if you're a fly on the wall, it's like, ah, 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 you know what I mean? It's just, wow. So it's so true. And that's what causes stress, because people haven't really accepted truly what's happening in their life, truly who they are while it's happening. And they're not willing to confront. Uh, the circumstances to upgrade the quality of their lives. So they have to live one or two or three or four different lives at work. They're this guy and at home, they're that person. And then in the car, Fah! you know what I mean? It's like, you have to sort of begin to like with me, I am, this is it. This is who I am mostly, unless I'm around those three guys and it gets pretty crazy. But for the most part, I don't have like with my wife, I married my wife because she gets, gets who I am. And we have, we have the same language and and we both each other laughs like slap your thigh laughter we get each other but when she's around other people that person goes away
0: because they would go oh my god totally agree say, oh, i know crazy. what you mean
1: you know what i mean so that's because she has decorum and she has you know she's doesn't want to offend anybody she's got um, cooth. yeah she's yeah <laughs> and with me um you know look i don't think i've been terribly offensive here i don't i, I think not people, at all people, I think anybody who watches this will go, "Oh, that's that's four or five more swear words than I've ever heard him say," and so that might, oh, that might throw some people off. But but uh, but for the most part, and look, I'm not having, I don't have to try to be this guy. And and the other guy is just to get a rise out of those people. I just want to just like when we were doing our 25 routines last two weeks, we would op- I would want to open up some of the workouts with everybody laughing, right, as if there was some sort of inside joke. And so we would walk in the room and I would just say, right before we walk in, they didn't know what I was going to say. And I would just say, crazy shit.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> and so when they came into the room, they were laughing for real. Because if you're not an actor, it's hard to fake laughter. So, you know, I would say something absolutely off the chain and they would come in for real laughing. And everybody was like, wow, well, I wonder what are they were laughing about. But I couldn't I couldn't even tell you here what half the stuff was because it would,
0: well, it would it, make people I get- I, I I hear what you're saying. I mean, but at this point, do you even care anymore? I mean, you're like, you've already done it. You know what I mean? It's you're not going to be canceled now, you know? And to to my point, like why, what happened? Why people are you... canceled who didn't do much. You know? I know. Tell Maybe me about it. Pat on the back
1: and rape aren't the same thing, but there's a whole lot of people that are making it the same
0: thing. It's, a, it's a, This is honestly a conversation you and I can have for like a hundred hours offline because I'm, this well, I call it like it's a whole coddle culture right now. It's all about coddling and coddling. The culture is completely different. There's like I said earlier in this whole podcast, like what twenty hours ago. There's no such thing as like levity or sense of humor or just like there's none of that anymore. You can't everyone is well, so sensitive.
2: I,
1: this is it's the first time, first time we're going to disagree. I think there is. I think there's a lot of it. I mean, it's happened here. You you just you know who's the conversation that you had. Um, What's the act the uh, comics name? I'm oh, sure
0: Nikki, Nikki Glaser.
1: Glaser, right. She's, she's laugh riot. You know, you look at Sarah Silverman, but Sarah, I love Silverman them. Sarah Silverman has toned her act down who she was before. And who she, I remember her doing a speech. She's like, you know what? I don't want to lose my audience altogether. And so I can still be, I can still be outrageous, but I don't have to, I don't have to hurt people's feelings. Too. I know. I saw
0: her. And by the way,
1: there are demographic, there are black folks and gay folks and vice and, bise- and, and, you know, um you know muslim folks and people from all kinds of communities the lgbtq community that are getting used and abused for for centuries and it's about time that some of us were more sensitive to the abuse that they've been going through forever so maybe some of us should grow a pair and grow up and learn how to talk to people so we're not we're not we're not, we're not from the 1800s or, you know what I mean? It there's, and Sarah Silverman is from what I gather has been able to do that. And so have other people, you know, if you're just going to be, if you're going to push the envelope so far that your audience gets smaller and smaller and smaller, and you just look like an angry asshole, then maybe you should, you should reinvent yourself a little, a little bit, right? Don't lose, you don't have to lose your edge. You don't have to, you know, but, but there's something that there's, you have to sort of, like, I look at, um, I look at, uh, um, Sebastian Maniscalco.
0: I love him. Forget it. Oh, he's amazing. Absolutely, but he's not.
1: You know, he talks about his life and his family and his father and his experiences. He's not doing this. You know, no. But
0: that's that's different. That's different. I'm not talking about that. I agree with you. I don't think you need to like point. You know, uh, be mean and 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 cruel. That's not. That's definitely not what I'm saying. But I'm saying like a Bill Burr, who I think is so funny, yeah. he's outrageous. And he says shit that like, it's like unbelievable. And like to my, what I said earlier is like, at least he, he's getting away with it more. He's the only one I know who's getting away with those things. If someone else would have said that stuff, they would have been canceled and fired and thrown out to the wolves a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I agree with you though. I think Sebastian is is very, that's because he's so good. And but like you could you can name people like Jerry Seinfeld. He's also it's he has a cleaner community. Clean whistle. You clean know a whistle.
1: it's so thoughtful. It's so, you know, he it, he's so thoughtful, and meticulous, and his delivery is just pure Jerry Seinfeld, right? It's not like or Chris Titus, my but my Chris, he's fearless, man. I mean, if you go on to his his stuff, I'll he go listen. But they're funny, they're funny and they're creative. They do great impressions. Um, and uh And he'll, he'll, uh, you know, but he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's got his audience, whether it grows or shrinks based on wokeness or, 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 or modern day PC stuff, he could care less. You know what I mean? But he, I, 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 I could be right or wrong on this, but he knows when the back, he knows that he sees that society is changing and he can still be a wild man and do his thing and not piss people off.
0: But how about you're like, are you on HGH? Are you on testosterone? Are you taking, are you taking peptides? Fuck
1: no. Fuck No, my, you know what my, you know what my, cause I get the blood work. Guess what my, I don't know if you know testosterone. Of course energy. I do. I, I know all of it. Guess what my, at 63 year old with no help, what my, my testosterone and free testosterone. Okay.
0: 700. Fuck
1: no. 898. No, I don't believe you. I'll show it to you. I'll show it to you. Yeah. My,
0: my. Without my, taking anything.
1: Zero. I train like it's the last day on earth. If I can, that's how I train. And I show up all the time. Now that might be some genetics as well. It's, dr- yes. it's, dropped, as lo- it's dropped as low as five something, but it's never gotten below five something. I had, a, I had an 1100 once, uh, like five years ago, every six months. It's always, always above seven something. I went, I looked at the last week at 890. But now of course the supplement that I've created. Now here's, what's, here's what you're gonna notice. And it's a freak show, and it's not that it's not that rare anymore. But when I was getting into the development of, of Power Life, so this guy, Science Will, that works over at, at Golden Hippo, who's their head, you know, cat. He's just he's super nerdy, and he's just into this shit. And he's always try this, try this. Like I'm a human guinea pig. It goes, this stuff safe? It goes fine. It's totally organic. It's natural. Yeah, it's sows poppy seeds, okay, or or yeah, the poppy. Yeah. that's right, yeah, all natural. So sugar, okay, but well, that's a sugar it's too much of that. It's going to be a problem. Right. I don't want to do a thing. And he goes, you know, so, so this stuff has something called HMB in it. And HMB is a, is a natural growing. And I I wish I could give you more, more examples of what it is, but it's like creatine. You know what the difference is like workouts with and without creatine. It's a simple natural source that allows you to get creatine. Creatine is creatine. It's in fish and it's in meat, but it's in concentrated forms. You overdo it. Like you're, middle of the night you wake up and your legs are cramping and everything else. So you, you got to be careful and it will fucking kick the shit out of your liver. So it's all about, you know, balance, right? I got to drink more water with creatine and without it, like these basic little facts. Yeah. To so HMB is like creatine, but on its own, it doesn't do shit, but leucine, which is one of the branch chain amino, amino acids, which is really one of the, of all the BCAAs. That's your money. Uh, amino acid, right? But HMB by itself not much vitamin D by itself, good. You want vitamin D, that's fine. And leucine by itself, with other branched chain amino acids, with, with a regular amount of protein, whether it's whey or plant or whatever, fine. But when you take HMB and you add vitamin D, and what HMB and vitamin D at certain levels, what that does to leucine within the branched chain amino acids, it's like right. And that's partly why I think my my numbers are are are. A little higher, a little bit higher than normal. Not a lot, but they're certainly, they should be going down, right? Yeah. Without the growth hormone, without any of that shit. I don't take, not once, nothing. But when you come, you come on a Sunday and you watch what we do and you go, oh, I get it. I get it. But then, right? I mean, it's every Sunday, every Tuesday, every Thursday, every Saturday, every Friday, over and over and over. in week one and week two and month two and year 10, right? This is this is. This is, this is consistency. I talk, consistency is one of the 11 laws in my book, The Big Picture. It, the more you do, the better you get. And you, if, you, if you, like when I got sick, when I lost 25 pounds and I couldn't get out of bed and all I did was throw up all day and I couldn't stand up straight and I looked like a drunken sailor on a cruise ship in a hurricane, I got shingles inside my right ear. And uh, just inside the ear, there are a lot of nerves in there that, that control sight, breathing, taste, and balance. Um, and also there are since facial nerves, the fifth, sixth and seventh facial nerves, I think it could be the fourth, fifth and sixth, the sixth, seventh, eighth. Well, you'll have to Google that one. But so these nerves, when they, when you get, when you get shingles in there, they fry the nerves and a nerve, unlike bones or skin or tendons, uh, there's an unpredictable, uh, healing time frame. like a oh, bone. Okay. Six weeks skin, you know, whatever your scab forms in your Right. But nerves, sometimes nerves don't heal at all, and they're permanently damaged. And a lot of people who get Ramsey-Hunt syndrome have permanent nerve jet damage. Like, I know people who get it, and I had, I had Bell's palsy, and this eye didn't blink, and the, my face, it looked like it was melting. And for me, fortunately, that only lasted a month. But I remember going to see the the, uh, the brain doc. You have to go to a, it's kind of an ENT, like an otorhinolaryngologist or something. I'm not quite sure the type of doctor. Uh, but they said, yeah, I mean, everybody's got facial anomalies. I said, do you know what I do for a living? Hi, everybody. Really, you know what I mean? So, you know, that was – aesthetics is one thing, but I could not walk in a straight line without wobbling because my, my, all the balance is going on inside of your ears. So when you, when, you're, when you can't balance and you can't walk, that makes you nauseous. And when you're nauseous, you're vomiting. And when you're vomiting, you can't eat. So I would sleep 12 hours a day. Uh, and then I would just lay in bed. And, and then of course I had, I had a, I had tinnitus on a level of one to 10. It was a 30, just like double ear ringing 24 seven bright light, dark rooms, any kind of weird anomalies. It, it was, it was, and it wouldn't go away. It went on and on and on for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months and months. And it slowly over the course of a year began to improve enough for me to be able to start to work. I couldn't drive. I mean, when I would pull up to a stop sign, I would look right, and my brain would go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, we can look at that thing. And then I'd go, oh, no, i got to look left now. And my brain would go, hold on, hold on. So, you know, I began to heal over time. I remember trying to go skiing before I was able to, and I, my balance was crap. And uh, I ran into a tree. I thought I broke my femur. But fortunately, I just had a contusion, contusion the size of a school bus. Went all the way down my leg. So you know, I was just determined to get back. And thank God for me, I had the right, I had the right lifestyle to be able to fight really hard to be able to get myself back. But it took it. So that was October of 2017, and still to this day, I have little tiny bouts of vestibular issues. If I push too hard, too hard through a workout, or I don't get enough sleep, or I go from a dark room to a bright, bright space, uh, I get this kind of thing that goes on inside of my head. I can look right and left and not have any issues there. But, it, but what happens is it's also connected to the um, Epstein-Barr virus. So Epstein-Barr and the vestibular hypofunction, they happen together. So not only does the shaking happen, but I get, I'm get getting narcoleptic. Oh. Yeah. I mean, so a lot of time and effort, energy and, and physical therapy. I would show up at the physical therapist and there were a lot of guys that were from Afghanistan and Iraq that got blown up. You know, guys with missing limbs, guys that had PTSD, and we all were suffering from this thing where you would walk in a straight line like you were, you know, you know, you're doing this stuff with your nose, like you're getting pulled over from being drunk and looking at like a whole wall of birthday wrapping paper with bright light on it. Like that was just too much. So it's all sensory stuff. And then, you know, it took 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Here we are all these years later. And now it's it's. 95% 95% better. It's not normal. Uh, it never probably will be, but there are little tiny gains. Like I'll I'll go off a couple of weeks feeling normal-ish. But there were times back in the day where it was always at a level of one to ten, a two, three, four, five. It was a five. It was really a rough day to get through the day. You know, it's never been a seven, eight, nine, ten where I'm in bed and I'm vomiting and I, I can't I can't even see straight. So, so the you know, the moral of the story is. I mean, how badly do you want to come back from something, you know, and I had to work really, really hard to, and I still do. I mean, I have slack lines and I climb ropes. And I'm doing ninja courses and meditation was the only thing I had. All the tinctures and all the potions and all the king's horses and men couldn't put me back together again. So I had to just sit quietly and take deep breaths just to kind of mitigate the pain and the anguish that I was going through. And those are practices like I don't I don't stress out nearly as much as I used to. I just can't. I can't afford to cuz it was it was Tom Petty dying, uh, you know. I mean an, uh, an accidental overdose. I had friends that were at the Vegas shooting who watched people get shot next to them. Like I'm having a conversation with a guy, bullet in the chest, running for their lives. Like wow. And then I was going through co- contract stuff with Beachbody that was didn't go well. And I left the company and it was same company 20 years and that all happened like within a month and I couldn't handle that stress and boom, but I'm in a much better place in every possible way as a result. So it turned out to be good for me, but for a lot of other people who aren't willing to do that hard work and come back, uh, it's,
0: it's great. Right. Wow. I mean, so that could be, that could be brought on by just having too much stress.
1: Well, shingles <laughs> is stress related. If you had chicken pox, which is a lot of us, then that chickenpox virus is in there. And as an adult, you know, and anybody who's had shingles, it is excruciatingly painful. I, had, I hot, had it too. Hot poker, you know, but if it's in your ear, man. Oh, oh
0: I can't imagine. Ear, right.
1: Yeah. And when I went to the hospital, when I was just vomiting and vomiting and, and I was, I thought I had a stroke, I didn't know what it was. So we took me in to the hospital and then there was the doc in the ER, right, just like Googling it. Like, oh, you have something called Ramsey-Hunt syndrome. Oh, hmm, thank you.
0: Yeah, it's, wow. not, it's not curable,
1: but it's manageable. Mm, that's terrific. So
0: and, and you basically healed yourself just out of will and desire. I, I and therapy
1: and I, you know, I mean, just to get me up and dressed and in the car, and then driving in the car from here to the physical, care, it was like a war. I just was hold, I would just hold on. You know what I mean? It was so brutal. And I get into the physical, and then I'd be so exhausted when I got home. It felt it felt like I felt like a hundred year old invalid and my skin was hanging off my face. I mean 25 pounds came off me in a in like three weeks. I couldn't eat, you know. I mean I'm just lying in bed. That's terrible. So yeah, and uh remember the first time going to the gym trying to do a push-ups. I think I did like twelve and I'm just was like wasted. I could do like three pull ups, you know.
2: Um
0: you saying it like most people can't even do three pull ups now. Yeah, but no no. <laughs> no but my
1: face was was still there. But, it, but yeah, yeah, so, but uh, better than ever now, you know, not perfect, but better than ever.
0: Yeah, don't you say progress, what is it that you said, hold on, I have it written here somewhere, oh yeah, like, it, it was like progress, <laughs> no, it's not,
1: it's, not, no, it's, pro, it's, no, practice
0: you, makes better.
1: Progress makes perfect.
0: I, I think you said practice makes better, and I was like, oh, I really like that line that he said.
1: I said that, that was me. Yeah, maybe it was
0: some other fitness guru. I don't know, but I thought it
1: was you. I thought it was the old Steve Martin joke where he says, I learned something from my great uncle. He was very bright, very amazing, wonderful, rambling. He said, Steve, Steve, always, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. It was always. No, it was never. Never forget it. <laughs> a trash basket in your car, because if it ever gets full, you you can just throw it out the window.
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, you, have another career out there. You could be you could be doing impersonations for at, at birthday parties. I
1: mm-hmm. will do my Columbo.
0: Oh, That's one.
1: Um, that I do I do my my Bruce Bruce Springsteen. Hey t- hey Tony. Bruce is kind of it's my Bruce. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no time for Bruce Springsteen stories because we're already pushing the two-plus-hour mark here wherever we are. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And I I, we're, 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 we're way
0: beyond. We're,
1: we're way beyond. But I will leave you with this, man. You know, people say, hey, what are the three keys? And there's not three keys. There's 50 keys, you know what I mean? But for me, if anybody was like, well, oh, how do you get – because, you know, you and I have been talking here for a while and how do I maintain sort of this this youthful, upbeat, handsome appearance other than the fact that I'm using the right gel in my hair? And a little uh, castor oil. Nothing like a little <laughs> castor oil for the hair. I'm telling you, that's your magic thing. But it's purpose, plan, its purpose plan and accountability, man. Figure out what you're doing and why you're here. And if it's not your main job, make it a hobby. And that hobby can turn into the career, which will give you the joy and happiness you've uh, always wanted. You make a plan, you know what I mean? I mean, like figure out what you're going to do. Re- reverse engineer things. I reverse engineer everything. Like you don't just think I'm going to climb Kilimanjaro and then get on a plane and go to Tanzania and hope it's all going to turn out. Like see yourself at the top of the mountain. See this stuff the day before. See, it. See uh, look at Google what the temperatures are at certain altitudes. Like, you know, revert, like what are you on day one? You know, who are you flying with? Are you going, you're like, are you just, what are you going to pack? Like there's all this stuff that you do. So when you finally show up to Kilimanjaro, you're probably going to get to the top because you're conditioned. You got the right stuff. You talk to the right people and you've seen yourself there. Right? you've seen photos of other people there you you know you interview folks that who there's no way they should have done it but they did it and then you go there with confidence right and I that's that planning things I reverse engineer everything now you know what I mean um, and then accountability you know, like who's in your tribe who are the people that you love that they're going to be there to support you and help you and 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 um, and help you figure some things out so that you can act, end up having the life and the career and the friendships that you've always wanted and though that's it you know what I mean it's in my book the big picture. Um, I know you're going to ask this if you want to know more about Tony Horton like the Paragon Experience, we haven't talked much about that I think we're going to try to get you to speak at my Paragon Experience here in October um, but all things Tony Horton are Tony Horton TonyHortonLife uh, TonyHortonLife.com that's it so. I, was to, I
0: was actually going to ask you, first of all, I am going to speak there I don't, don't say a maybe I'm. Oh! Sure. I am speaking at your, that event sounds spectacular, I'm so honored and I would be um, I would be honored. I am honored to be involved and uh, incorporate into anything that you do. Oh, maybe you got it. You it got is. it. That's he's, you. he's looking at the, um, the link to my TED talk, the secret to getting anything you want in life. And let me know, leave a comment by the way, when you watch that, I one. will,
1: I'm sure I'll say something like fabulous. That's yes.
0: I, or or best not.
1: Talk ever.
0: <laughs> maybe you will, maybe you won't. Um, and, well, listen, I, I think I've taken up enough of your time. It's been many of hours. And by the way, lots of amazing nuggets of information, tangible things that people can actually integrate into their lives. We know about your power life. We know about tonal. We know about the past with P90X. We know about your routines, um, your habits, your veganism. I don't really think there's really anything else to kind of uncover right now. Is there?
1: Um, I'm five. Oh, power of four. Power, the Power of Four, the new program. Uh, i quickly about that. And then, then I probably, she probably have children out there. They're in the pool. They're looking for lunch or dinner or bread. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, uh, you know, The Power of Four is my, own little, my, my first ever all Tony Horton program. Uh, we've had about 2000. I think I did bring this up. The 2,000 people and I help co-create this; these 25 workouts that will be in the final program, and we're editing and adding graphics and timers and music, and that's going to, you know, in another couple steps. We hope to have the power for out into the community, out into the world uh, by the holidays. And here it is. Well, you and I shot. I don't know when you're going to air this, but we're we're at the end of August here, but we've made it, we we're in the right place at the right time. I mean, distribution and marketing are really the last hurrah, you know, and we're we're in constant conversations with. Uh, the parent company that makes my supplements will be assisting there i think and and other people a lot of real experts that really want to see this thing succeed because we think that these twenty five routines are, are are a laugh riot, but they're super hard, and there's lots of really cool options for people of all shapes and sizes and um and we we you know look p ninety x millions and millions and millions of copies if I can sell five hundred thousand of these plus. There's no reason why we can't pull that off on our own. We don't have a big old company like Beachbody to do it, but we got some. We, I've got some. I got a phenomenal team of people that are really that love it and think and has had a great impact on them. So it's not just some strange thing that they're going to go. Oh, okay, that's cool. That's a cute idea. Let me help you. Now they've experienced it and and they're just madly in love with what it's done for them and they want to be able to help me share that with the world. So look for that coming soon, streaming to you.
0: I can't what? wait. I want to do the program. And, you know, I, I can't wait. I mean, and by the way, p you are the P90X, so you may not be Beachbody, but, be, you know, but you're, you, you could take the Beachbody, you could take the Tony at a Beachbody, but, you know, but, but the Beachbody, it doesn't Isn't work the same. It? <laughs> so, <laughs> it doesn't really work the same, but the... The bottom line is you are P90X and so you know it sold that well for other reasons besides being Beachbody it was it was the, it was the personality behind it it was a super effective program there was no magic pill it was hard work it was effective and i am sure that your new program is you know going to be just as amazing
1: well well we hope so and you know Beachbody that that most companies would have because initially it didn't do well I mean, oh, wow, I'm going to work out an hour plus every day and I got to eat, right? I mean, eh, you know what I mean? But they, right. they, they're the ones that did a brilliant job marketing it to, to folks. And a lot of it had to do with the before and after pictures and videos that mom and pops and, you know, your sister, brother, aunt, uncle, mom and dad were sending to us. And we just put that in the show and that sold itself that way because people were getting results. But, you know, we, we have we already have minimum 50 testimonials off the chain tear jerking, amazing transformations. Uh, and that's only the 50 that we that we know about. Wow. There are, you know, more than that. So it's just a matter of kind of going through all that footage and, and seeing what to use. But uh, yeah, so it's cool. It's cool to do everything from scratch on my own with my wife and uh, uh, we'll, see.
0: we'll see. We'll see, we'll definitely see. But people love real stories. People love that stuff. And I think real stories, real results, I'm in. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be streaming it. I'll sign me up. Sign me up,
1: Yeah, and maybe if you're nice, I'll invite you to the house and I'll put you through a plyometric routine. But don't plan on sitting for the next three days if you show up.
0: I I, 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 listen. I'm, I'm planning on it. I mean, listen. I'm just. I'm just waiting to get your address so I can just show up. I thought that was a given already.
1: Well, not, you got the phone nice. numbers, you got the email, I got we have a way we have we have means of communicating. Give, the ad, the address is the last hurrah. You know what I mean? If I see a drone <laughs> over the house, I'm going <laughs> What? Leave me alone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, so you're hilarious. Okay, so we all okay, so now we know where to find you. Say it again for the for the people who
1: missed it. com all all the products, the Power force sign-up is there. By the way, if, if, you're, if this goes out to the world, you can catch that last month of beta um, and really see what's been going on. And there's a, a phenomenal community of people. We've kicked out the boneheads and the naysayers and the finger pointers and the haters. They, are, they don't last in there 10 minutes because people gang up on, on people who just want to bitch and moan and live small, little, tiny, fragile, pathetic lives. Most people don't last a second. You know, why? because they get the instant L stamp on their pathetic, sad <laughs> forehead, right? So yeah, but everybody—it's just amazing. It's, it's it's like a love fest in there. It's <laughs> incredible.
0: I'm just laughing because it's been so long. I'm like just like it's like this is like a marathon, um, a marathon. So. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. I was going to say please come back, but I think we have enough coverage. Well,
1: we've covered enough for the first ten years. We'll do. We'll do another one in ten.
0: <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Okay. Thank you, Tony. Uh, you're the best,
1: Jennifer. I enjoyed the snot on. <laughs>